Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to the Other Craftsmanship Podcast. My name is Dustin, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello there. Hello, Devin. All right, Devin. What do you got for us today? Remember that the best relationship is one where your love for each other is greater than your need for each other. You don't love the person, the relationship, because you need something from them, right? Or right. that's not a good building block. That's, I think that's good basic knowledge, but sometimes you don't think about it unless you say it out outright. Right. Your love for each other is greater than your need for each other. Right. That's good. I like that. And I think that uh, that that talks to a lot of relationships. I mean, that's and not, you know, love can be like, I think any mm-hmm. anytime mm-hmm. you care for somebody, you know, that's a, a form of love, right? So that can be for friends, that can be acquaintances, that can be for, you know, yeah. your spouse. I'm not, I'm not necessarily even talking about, yeah, relation, like love. I'm not talking about the obvious one. Like, like romantic love. Yeah, I'm, that's, that's, like, that's right. That's, I'm talking yeah. about your general good feelings towards another yeah. human. Yeah. It shouldn't be, I mean, it can be any reason you want it to be. Right. But if it's because you think they can get you something. You know, right. that it, it's it's not going to be a solid thing. And I think that person can feel that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think selflessness is a huge aspect of, um, you know, an honest relationship. And you know, not to be completely selfless, but you need, you know, it, it's got to be something where you're in it for the other person, really. You know, like, you're doing it for them, for the relationship, not for you. Yeah, you know, yeah. you get you get some obviously like a lot of satisfaction from that, but it shouldn't be because because <clears throat> you want something. You know, it should be because you the relationship is there. That's what you want. Yeah, I mean, my personal opinions on that is that like none of it's really that selfless. 
but that's not saying it's a bad thing. I just think humans in general right. do a lot of things for themselves. They're, right. What I find important is your level of how selfish you are is where, <laughs> where you know, you can be right. totally <clears throat> greedy, screw people over selfish. Right. Or you can yeah. be... I did something good and I feel good selfish. Right, exactly. Those are, those are yeah. two different types of people. Yeah. It's both both selfish in a, in a way, but yeah, you're levels. getting satisfaction out of what you're doing. Right. You know, in a way that you like the satisfaction comes in knowing that you're doing something for someone else, right? You feel good about that and that is what makes you want to go on living. You know, <laughs> because you so, know that you've done something that made someone else feel good and that also makes <laughs> right. you feel good. Yeah. So, of course, yeah, you're not like completely selfless, you know, you're not you're not doing stuff. It's not like, uh, I don't know. There's nobody. No one's completely selfless. No. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, it's hard to, yeah. even even if you did something for someone that they didn't know right. and you never told anyone about, you still have it in your heart that like, man, I'm a really good person. I did this. Yeah. And they don't know and no one knows. <laughs> like, right. Even that. But, you know, that's neither that's, here. That, yeah. I wanted to bring it up to... This is our recap on Blade Show. Right. And as people make relationships, and, and, and it's also business deals, so it's a whole different yeah. thing. If right. we were running a <clears throat> abrasives, abrasives company, or yeah. or we had lugged a bunch of handle material and steel from Kentucky or something. Right, right. Then, yep. ma- then you know, you're not, you don't really care about how you make the relationships. Right. Right, but... If you're just going there like we did to pretty much the reason was, was to go talk to people and form better relationships with people. Yep. Absolutely. And then after it is to find stuff and for you to look at knives and hold all these great knives, which you've only like saw and, and meet these people who you really wanted to meet. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, like. You know, I get I get inspiration from knives, but I can get inspiration from knives on Instagram or you know online. <laughs> right. Like I don't have to. And yeah, there's diff- there's something different about holding uh, knives and things, and that's mm-hmm. that's cool too. But like, but really, going to play shows about the, the the relationships, relationship building, and then and then the you know the outcome of what what comes from those relationships. Whether that's yeah. just a better relationship that you're like you know that's going to build strong relationships. They're going to eventually go somewhere, or they're going to do something, or they're just going to be a strong relationship where. You know, maybe at some point someone down the line, you know, sends some love your way or sends some business your way because they know that, you know, because you've built a relationship with that person. Right. It's like when, you know, when someone wants like, I don't know, like, well, here as an example, right. Today I was in school and I had to do a little wiring on a plug um, that I was I was wiring up a plug for a light. Um, for like a single bulb light and the the wire was missing so I cut a short extension cord I just cut off the plug end of it the uh, the female end of it mm-hmm. and then wired it in and when I stripped the wires there were no colors to for me to match up <laughs> so like I called Sean because Sean knows a lot a lot more about electricity than I do. And so he was like, yeah, it should be fine. It's just a loop. No big deal. Right. But like in the future, if I had an issue and or someone had an issue, they were like, I don't know. Like, is there someone I can call? I would like recommend them Sean. Not that it's <laughs> going to like make anything out of them just because I have a relationship and I've built up, like, I know that I'll pass on, you know, 
some like business his way or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, whether that's that, you know, it's just like building those relationships, knowing more people, knowing what people do, what they like and what what they're capable of. And then, you know, eventually and inevitably that's going to come back around and, uh, you know, benefit you as well. Yeah. It's kind of a funny thing to see. So, right. My idea is that you, well, I don't know, but if you're a, a really a businessman, you are like working hard to make connections for business, for money, right? right. Um, and then making that connection to like you love what they have, not what they are, and that's right. uh, that's okay in certain situations. But um, hopefully, yeah. yeah, hopefully it just maybe it evolves. Maybe it starts there, but you hope it evolves to something else, to a not a yeah. love for someone, but just more relationships with like-minded people yeah yeah and i think you know like just as a like when when it comes to business you know like um customer service right that is that's like building relationships that's you know buying something from someone that you could get from anyone else any number of other people because you have a relationship with that person because you know that person is a real person and they have real like feelings and they're also willing to talk and chat and do whatever right you know, that's why so many people, so many business people go to big conventions and stuff is because they want to build that relationship with people. Yeah, right. Because right. that's right. where you, you know, like I'll, you know, I bought a Bill Banky file guide because I had heard that Bill Banky was a good guy. Right. And then I bought a file guide from him and one of the, the pieces popped off and I, you know, sent him an email and he was like, no problem. Send it right back. He sent me a new one and right, wrote me a nice email back. And, you know, so it's like customer service, right? Just building you know you're going to get good quality product from someone because you know that person, right? It's like you can't <laughs> – that's the uh, the whole social media thing, right? It's easy to be mean behind the screen, but when you're, like, working face-to-face with somebody, you know, it's harder to cheat <laughs> someone when you know their name, you know, when you, like, talk yeah. to them face-to-face. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah. it's funny just recognizing, talking about what we kind of saw. and Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll start from the beginning, but – the there's a little I don't know if it was more interest in you and us because I would I had a camera on you, right? I think people do that. I mean, it, obviously, in just a base level, it stands out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely a lot of people shooting footage, and there's a lot of people setting up cameras and doing their own thing. Right? But like people, but are there just... weren't that many people. Yeah, I mean, there were people like taking pictures of the phones and stuff, and and there were a handful of people with better cameras around, but I didn't see all that many people. Like I with decent cameras doing video. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I saw, saw a, a few that. crews like set up at certain booths and stuff. Right. Yeah, with tripods and stuff. And yeah, some people are like, oh, who, who are you? Like, what do you, how many? Yeah, what do you guys do? Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so that's interesting. So, you know, if you, at least there, that, just have your cousin or something come along and like follow you with a camera. You'll, you'll get more uh, interaction with people. Yeah, right. They go, no, this is for personal records. I'm not. This person's this legit, anywhere. right? They got someone following around with a camera. What's going on? You know? <laughs> Who's this guy? Yeah. It's um, funny because I never really like thought of that while we were there. I because didn't I until was... some people asked. And also, right. yeah. I, I, well, I don't know. I felt slightly yeah. weird about, because I would just kind of get up close to their stuff and like record it and like do right. shots. Right, but it yeah. was. But also, then I'd be like, "Well, that, that's why they're here is to be seen." So I don't think right. anyone minds. I'm not touching their stuff. Yeah, right, right. I'm just 
admiring it and getting it clips of it for my video. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I heard yeah. you say a couple times, like, you mind if I get, you know, you like, you mind if I get some shots of this stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, I sure, did go that ahead. a few times. Yeah. Because I felt a little weird a couple times because I'm just, like, leaning over their booth. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, what an interesting, what an interesting, weird, fun weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, uh, what, 23 hours of driving? Ooh, baby. For, for like, uh, how long do you think we were down there? We got down there at 630 and we left it. 7.30 whatever, so, um, what's that, uh, that's 24, 36, 36 hours of time in Atlanta and 24 hours of driving, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it's funny, because I didn't think about it that way until, uh, Sean mentioned it, he was like, man, that's a, you know, it's a quick time for 24 hours of driving, and I was like, dang, that was 24 hours of driving, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> I was like, yeah, but it's funny. It didn't feel that way. You know, like the drive goes by quick because we're just chatting and on our way down, we recorded the podcast, which is cool. And we listened to a bunch of pod, other podcasts and yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully did folks, videos. it didn't sound too terrible. We, we listened to a little bit of it back once we uploaded it at, um, Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Stopped at a Starbucks cause my, my computer died. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it was, it was fun. And like I said, you know, driving down, we left at six 30 in the morning and got down there at six 30 in the evening, which, uh, you know, obviously it was the whole day, but that was, it was like the plan, you know, we knew that we would leave early in the morning Friday and get down there Friday. Um, and then, uh, you know, it worked out well that when we got down there, there were a group of people that we knew going out to dinner, including like Dennis Tyrell and, um, Jared from echo blades, uh, Ryan Coakley from Chadbourne Knife Works. Uh, let's see who else was there. Neil Warren oh from Maximus Knives. You're, you're going to start naming people. And you're going to miss like two people. And then I know. Right? We'll stop there. <laughs> no, there yeah, was but, no. There's a lot of it. Like, there was probably yeah 30 probably. people who we had talked to before right, and like yeah. and actually got to meet and like yeah you know have spent some time with. That was the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. And, you know, seeing some of these people's faces, not really for the very first time, but kind of, you know, like, oh yeah, you're this person, right? You like start putting faces to mm -hmm. names and, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, yeah. What was it? You saw Eric Rivers from Rivers Experience and, uh, Chip from, uh, Skegman Forge. Stop they were naming there. people. <laughs> well, it was just that first night, you know, cause it was kind of a smaller group. So okay. it was nice. Um, yeah. For dinner that night. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, through the, through the great bound, we heard that people were having dinner at this cool little burger joint, uh, near the, ho near the hotel and near the convention center. So we met up there, which was a, a, a chain place or I thought it, it's, it looked yeah. like it seemed like a chain place. What was it called? Yeah. Hop, hop, hop something. Hop, hop daddy hop burger, hop daddy. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Hop daddy. Um, yeah, so it was like a chain burger place, but they're really good fries. Oh, you I know. The, I uh, sweet potato fries. Their burgers <laughs> were good. Like I'd yeah. go back for a burger, not the best yeah. ever, but good. Mm -hmm. But their their sweet potato fries were killer. They were they were like top of the line sweet potato fries. Yeah, like, like yeah. If when I order sweet potato fries, that's what I want them to be. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for every time. <laughs> yeah, and they, right. they usually fall short. So what is that? What's that category? What's your? What, why did you like them so much? Um. I feel like sweet potato fries get soggy. They're more, they come out soggy more often. Yeah. Yep. Maybe too fat of a sweet potato fry, whatever the, mm -hmm. the way it's formed, you know, you kind of have to have them pretty thin. Right. And yeah. then crispy, hot, 
obviously salty. And then yeah. if you if you can spice it with something else, like I don't know what else they put on there, but it seemed really well spiced. Like they put yeah something else, just a, a, like enough to give it a little et- extra interesting thing, mm-hmm. like to make it their own. Like that's yeah, it, it was killer, really good. Yeah, they were damn good. <laughs> you ate like half <laughs> your basket, and then you were like, "You want some more?" I was like, "Sure." And I was like, "Can I keep eat it? <laughs> Can I finish these?" You're like, "Go ahead." I was like, "Yes." Yeah, they were so good. Like just. Yeah, like big crystals of salt, you know, but like oh, just yeah, the right. Yeah, yeah the season was yeah. perfect. They were like, you know, they weren't quite shoestring, but they were thinner, you know. So yeah, yeah that yeah. that ratio of crispy outside to soft mm-hmm. inside was just right. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they were damn good. <laughs> the regular Dust fries had, were good too. <laughs> Dust had like four burgers over the weekend. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Every place we stopped, a burger, and then we came home. <laughs> then I came home and had a burger, and had another burger. <laughs> yeah, right. Went went straight to a friend's house where they were having, they were cooking burgers. You're like, mm, that sounds good. I was like, you already had like four burgers. You're like, yeah, well, uh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's gonna be. I'm, I don't know. If, I just go straight there and eat a burger and a beer. I like it. I like a burger. <laughs> I did. I had a burger that night. I had a burger at what was it, Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm-hmm. A McDonald's a, burger, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, on the way back, I had a, a Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah. Very mm, good mm, burger. <laughs> that uh. Even yeah, that Buffalo Wild Wings burger was good too. Man, they were all good burgers, all of them. You know, and I like a good Big Mac. You know, it's not it's not the best burger in the world, but it is its own thing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So we got down there, and then then had some dinner, and then yep. went back to our hotel, which was like, it seemed nice, and it was nice, and its yeah. location was nice. But yeah, you started yeah. to peel back just a little bit. Everything was a little janky. <laughs> like when so? we got home that night, I was gonna turn on the home to the hotel. Right, I was gonna yeah. turn on the TV, and the batteries were <laughs> in the in the remote. But like, what do you call it when they're um like corroded? Yeah, corroded. Really? How long have they been in here? <laughs> like, no one watches this because it was. I mean, for the size of it, was nice. There were two right. rooms with like a separator door. Yeah, yeah. So maybe yeah, it was a really just, nice room. Yeah, maybe it's no one ever turns that one on, and everyone goes right. into the room. But I was like, how do you how do you get away with it that long? <laughs> but also tired. I just kind of passed out. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I thought I didn't think it was janky. I thought it was okay. I mean, there, you know, it's like a little bit, but it's a hotel. You know, it is yeah. what it is. It's not like, you know, it wasn't like uh, the best hotel ever. It's just a Sheraton, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but like the room was nice. The you know the beds the bed was comfortable. I was comfy. I had yeah. the king size all to myself. I slept I on one quarter of it. I know, you're like <laughs> just in the little right corner. on the edge. I know because I can't like if so I'm in the middle, to... then I gotta roll like four times to get off the bed, <laughs> sit up oh, and scoot no. along. Scoot. scoot. <laughs> The shower was really nice. They had the shower really was shower. nice. Yeah, yeah. I would I would have skipped it that uh, next morning, but you were like, "Yeah, you should take a shower. It's really nice." I was like, "All right." <laughs> yeah, it's it's always the better choice to take the shower. But it was nice. Yeah, the room was nice because it was yeah two two rooms side by side with a divider wall and one you know it was like the living room and then the bedroom. Yeah, that was cool. And we had yeah went back there, had a beer and changed, and then headed to the pit. So if you've never been to Blade Show, um, if you haven't really heard about the pit, is kind of like the after party after Blade Show. There's a hotel uh, kind of connected to the um, the what's it called center, the Cobb the Galleria, Co- the Cobb Galleria, which is where the convention center where the Blade Show is held. And so we go next door to that. You know, our hotel is across the street, really easy 
you know, right over this little walking bridge across the street. So come back over. And then on the other side of the convention center is the, is the hotel or yeah, the other hotel where the, it's kind of really cool. So that it's like a square hotel with, um, you know, in, in their courtyard. Um, but it's all covered completely. So it's not an open courtyard. It's all just like, but, but there are walkways that go up all the way around the square. And so all of the, the, um, hotel rooms face into that middle courtyard mm-hmm. and in that courtyard is where the, where the, uh, the pit is. So headed back over there and got to meet everybody, which actually worked out really well because, you know, like going straight there and then going straight into blade show, like right into the convention center, you know, then when you see people, you feel like, I mean, obligated because you want to stop and say, Hey, and talk to people that you've never met before. But then that would take away from the time that you're walking and looking at knives and looking at, you know, and getting, you know, talking to the booths and doing this stuff there. Right. So it's really nice to go straight down, go to dinner and then go to the pit. Cause then we got to meet all the people that we've been talking to and have like had on our podcast and, you know, yeah. in the community, we got to do all that, just yeah. all that mingling. And that's what it was there for. It was like, just go here and hang out with people for three hours, you know, three and a half hours. And, what, and so we got to do all that. It was great. What's the number one thing we learned from going to the pit? Uh, bring your own beer, bring your own beer. <laughs> 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 yeah that's funny that's like yeah right seven dollar beers whether that which you know if you go to like a sports it's it's like know, average you know, that's, yeah seven dollars yeah. average now but like but you know when you're there for you, three hours you want to hang like, out and then once it. once you start drinking you just drink mm-hmm. like oh, i'm down a beer i mean and then you just go back and forth buying 15 yeah. 16 dollar rounds yeah, especially when there's like a lot of people you want to talk to. It's a good way to like, all right, cool. I'm going to go grab another beer and I'm going to do a lap. You know, it's yeah, like doesn't yeah. seem rude it to is, walk away, which you could do. That but is like, the perfect break. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You're t- you have a drink, and then you, know? yeah, you can come back if you're still interested. Right. Yeah. Right. Or not exactly. that you're not interested. Or you can be you like, I'll, I'm going to get a beer. You want one? You want one? You know, I'll go grab you a beer or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. I won't buy it for you, but I'll stand next to you in line because. <laughs> yeah. You want to go get a beer with me? Right. Exactly. Walk with me so. and I'll stand the beer line. Well, because they had like they had a bunch of beers on tap, you know, these kind of just like little uh, bars that they had set up around, um, and then they had cans. So like we got a couple, you know, we'll, you know, try to get nicer beers on tap. And then uh, at one point, right. I was like, all right, we'll get cans, you know, whatever. I was like, I'll get a couple of Yinglings. I was like, how much are those? And they're like, same price. They're all the same. I was like, like damn, a can of Yingling, seven dollars. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> right. It. So. Uh, but we did we did pick up some beer on our way down, um, so we had some to bring back with us the second night, which was nice. So, but yeah, that was great, right? It was fun. We walked in and um, we could kind of see right as we walked in. I saw the group, our like you know, our our kind of maker group. It's like the work for it podcast guys, and then you know like Tyra, all the all the bla- uh, the um, the knife maker challenge guys, right? Those people that we're really familiar with and really friends with. Um, the kind of kind of core group on you know Instagram and social media, and YouTube, and so I saw them, and I walk up and I see there's Brian House and Brian Cohn and um, Neil Warren's there and Dennis Tyrell standing there. There's like a bunch of guys standing around in a circle, and so I walk up and and Brian House walks away, and so we walk up and we're like, hey, you know, we like say hi to everybody, give a bunch of hugs, shake a bunch of hands, stuff, and then uh, and Brian comes walking <laughs> back with. Um, with uh like a couple t-shirts and so if you know brian house he um he he made a bunch i think what do you say 120 something shirts or something like that something 150 like that. shirts yeah to give away um 
you know, just, uh, just, I know it's great, you know, and, you know, I think a lot, like he has a lot of patrons and stuff and a lot of people that like, you know, donate to what he does. So like, you know, probably putting a lot, just turning that, a lot of that, you know, back around and giving yeah, it back, which is great. And then, you know, people love shirts and, and he has best, a really cool shirt. It's yeah. the best business card. Yep. And you have a reason to walk up to anyone. Not that you couldn't. Right. But it's like, hey man, I appreciate you. I got these great t-shirts I made. Can I, can I give you one? Like, yep. you know, yeah. And everyone like, likes t-shirts. And they're, cool. <laughs> they're badass t-shirts. Like yeah, really well yeah. done. Super awesome. Printed, designed well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Super good. Like cool, like skull with a snake yeah, on the back, but fun, bright colors. And, you know, like a bunch of his slogans and things. Mm-hmm. And so we we walk up and we're talking to the guys and then Brian comes back and he's got a couple shirts and he's handing out. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, you got one of those in an extra large? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got you. And then he like looked over. And he saw me and he goes, oh, Dustin. <laughs> like, cause he was just like, he just like responded. Like he didn't realize it was like, Hey, so he, he said, in, Hey, uh, business mode. He's working. Yeah, exactly. What do you mean? I got you, you. I got you. Yeah. Right. Then he, you hey, know, I he know says, you, you want one for you, one for you. Yeah. But he was like, he just responded. And then he looked up at me and he was like, realized who, who asked him the question. He's like, ah, so like, you know, that was fun. So chatted with them for a while and got to meet Sarah, his wife and Dexter, his son and, Super, super awesome family. So, family so, 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 like, honest and genuine. You know, they're just, like, good people. It's really nice. Yeah. But, uh, for sure. Yeah, chatted with a whole bunch of people that night. We got to meet, like, um, like, at Coy Baker and the guys from Baker Fortune Tool, which was really cool. Um, Chris Cash was there. We chatted with him for a little bit. And Matt Stagmer was there. Chatted with him for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he makes an appearance in Blade Show. So, said hey to him. It was fun. <laughs> He's a good guy, you know. It's good to talk to. Good guy. Yeah, I don't. Know. I didn't see Roy that night. Did you, Roy Scott? I saw Roy just... that night. Oh, okay. I, I was actually walking by to get a beer, standing uh, in line, uh, spend too yeah. much money again. <laughs> and then I saw him walking by. I just actually, I, I like smacked his shoulder a little yeah. bit, and he kind of <laughs> jumped. I was like, "Who's?" And then he was like, "Oh, hey man!" <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> he's like, I'll, "I'll I'll catch up with you in a minute." Like, and yeah. he was like chatting with someone. Yeah, I was right, like, yeah, right. no problem. And I was walking by anyway. I was just trying to do a walk by, and then I, yeah, I didn't end up seeing him again. But it's just you know one of those things you just kind of say hi to people as you walk through. Yeah, yeah, that's I did a lot of that over the weekend where there were like people who I had known and had conversations with before, um, and so like and they were talking to somebody, you know, like they're like talking business. So I just mm-hmm. did the kind of mm-hmm. like the tap on the shoulder, like hey, and they're like, hey, hey, you know, like kind of mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, I see you. You see me. Like we've had a, we've had time to speak before, so you go ahead and do your thing. So that was uh, that was fun. And then also like the same thing, being able to meet everybody that first night. Then the next day when we saw people, you know, we'd walk by people and be like, hey, you know, like just like okay, there's that guy that I talked to last night. And now instead of like having to stop now and talk for five minutes or ten minutes, I'm able to just like keep going and keep looking at stuff. And even with that, like the entire day we were there from whatever it is, like nine to six, um, you know, full, what, nine hour day, still didn't see all of the tables and all the booths and everything. Yeah. We did take a little hour break in there in a minute. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and just we got minute. lunch. Yeah. But no, it was awesome, man. It was like super fun that first night. And yeah, I got to meet a whole bunch of people and, and met a bunch, you know, met, met some of our patrons, which was really cool. You know, we saw Brigham Kendell and we saw, um, uh, what's it? Florida Man Forge, um, James, 
Oh, shoot. I can't remember his name. <laughs> I, I'm not naming anyone. <laughs> You're like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not going to mess up names. I'm not going <laughs> to let let anyone, like, they named Feel everyone bad. but me. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so we met a lot of people, a lot of humans. Yeah. You know who no, you are if you uh, met us. Yeah. And we Just, remember meeting you. Justin Miller. Sorry, not James. Which is funny. Like, I don't like that name for some room is like really common to me. Like his, his name, Justin Miller. But, uh, yeah. And, uh, and he was, he was giving us funny. We met, we met him kind of, or we, we bumped into him in the, in the main hall that next day. And I didn't see him the night before. So I stopped and chat with him for a little bit. And, and, uh, he was given, we were kind of doing the sticker exchange thing. And he had the, uh, the pickle cutters head sticker that kind of floated around the whole time. Oh. That was great. And I talked to him the next morning. Um, I was down having breakfast and we chatted a little bit. And he was like, do you know if like, you know, cause he came down, he was, I guess he was oh, yeah, right, in the hotel. Right. He was like, do you know if, uh, if pickle ever found out who it was? And, and I had talked to pickle the night before, like kind of shortly before we left to go to bed and he had still not, he didn't know up until then. So it was does funny. he know now or yeah, yeah, he knows now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or, I mean, I'm assuming he does cause, cause, uh, um, Justin was talking about it on the Hustle and Grind podcast, which I was on earlier this week with those guys, which is fun. Cause yeah. Like a bunch of those guys, they kind of put out an open invitation, like, hey, like anyone who, you know, this kind of group, because we started a, uh, what, like a Facebook, you know, group of just a bunch of people who are all there and, you know, kind of the whole people kind of the people we want to have dinner with and hang out with and stuff. So um, uh, I think it was uh, Chad Coakley. Or Ryan Coakley, he said, you know, if anybody wants to join, he or uh, um, Antioch River Forge, that's uh, Noah. Um, they, they're the ones who do that one. So so I joined them, which was really cool. Like I talked yeah. to, it was like Justin Miller and Noah and um, Ryan and then me and uh, I think his name is Matt from MD, <laughs> Noah, um, Micah, and... And uh, four nine four one nine Forge. I can't remember his first name off the top of my head. He was there. I think that's it. There were six of us, <laughs> so maybe seven of us. But that was good. It was it was fun. I but, uh, I right. I couldn't do it. I had a million things mm-hmm. happen at once when I got home, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like and the uh, I was trying to get a get the spare on my truck so it wasn't sitting because my tire was flat when i got home right <laughs> and it had been flat for like a day apparently so right yeah <laughs> i was working on that and, and playing other stuff just getting home stuff so i couldn't do that that i knew there was already enough people as it as it was right. so i was like yeah. dust dust can just represent the crew but yeah what yeah, i, I was heard of, well really i i i pulled up the youtube thing before they could get the podcast one in just to right. hear it yeah was there issues with delay and stuff like what was that or, or just didn't like the, the few bits I heard were like it seemed like a delay in between people like chatting. There, there was a little bit of a delay occasionally, like early on, I, there was a delay, but then it like then I was fine. Then it worked like itself it out. Away. Okay, I, yeah. I only read a little bit. I read, I only Listen listened a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, just to... yeah, there was a little bit like I would, you know, I would they would ask me a question and I'd answer it or something, you know, and then it would be like three seconds, you know, like one, two. <laughs> three and then they'd be like yeah 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 you know like so there was obviously a delay um but but like i said but then i noticed it like within the first like 10 or 15 minutes of the podcast but then it then it worked itself out so yeah that, but uh, good but, good yeah. because that delay over a long time is just rough like we've tried it yeah you and yeah. i and we can't because 
if for one, if you could, you guys see each other? Yeah. No. Yeah. You could. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So at least there's that. But when when right. you can't, the way we do it, we can't see each other on cast. Right. So you need an instant response. Like you need right. to hear yeah. people like right away. And if you don't, we've tried. You just keep talking over each other. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's funny too. Like sometimes I've heard that in other podcasts where. Like the person, like someone will ask a question and the, some, the other person will respond a little too soon, you know, like really quickly respond. And I'm like, I wonder if there's a delay there. You know, like we're hearing, we're hearing like a delay, we're getting a delay somehow because that person's mm. responding really quickly, mm. you know, without like processing. So, but, uh, but yeah, but that was great. You know, that day and on the way down to, to blade, we were talking about, um, like what, we wanted to shoot you're like well what do we want to do you know like and i was like well i don't want to shoot at all i mean i knew uh, not saying i didn't want to shoot but i was just basically like <laughs> i don't want to have to make a video like a like a, a a focused video like talking to people and do it i just didn't want to do that i want to be able to just experience blade um but i knew we had to have something right you're like well we need to have some type of goal because then it'll make it easier for both of us mm-hmm. right that we can like just focus on this goal and so yeah, your your original idea was like you know buying a like buying my first real knife, quote unquote real knife, right? Like something right. you know a, a nice quality knife from somebody because I like the knife, right? Um, but I was like, well, I don't really want to buy a knife, you know. I don't want to buy like because I don't want to buy an expensive knife for when I can't afford an expensive knife, and I make knives, so like that's why I don't buy knives. But um, so then I was just like, well, just say that. Yeah, right. That needs to because and even now me editing it. It still feels like I hate having to do voiceovers. Right. Because for yeah. one, I can't really edit to it totally yet. Right. I mean, I got the intro done. I got a little bit of stuff of you doing, and I'm like lining stuff up. Right. But it's. I could have shot more. I wish I would have shot more still right. stuff, which I came to my thoughts at the end of it. Where I started taking like 20 second shots in one spot, looking at people moving around. Right. That's yeah, what yeah. I think is nice, which, which, like the panning shots are, are nice and all. Right. But it's still, you can't focus on anything. The following shots. Oh, yeah. Well, right, you exactly. know what I mean? No, just like moving. looking yeah, left right. or right, you're panning across a big area. Yeah. It's nice to kind of take it in, but you're not really. Mm-hmm. A still shot of a big uh, action packed spot right. is better. Because then you can, right. then if you have thirty seconds of that with talking over it, which we will, then right. you can yeah. kind of look at little things and pick things out on your own. Um, yeah, I should have done more of that. I did a few of those. I did like three or four, right? And yeah. they're all only like fifteen seconds long. Like mm. that's a tip for everybody: always overshoot, shoot until it feels a little uncomfortable, and then you've probably got enough. Right. You know, like hold it <laughs> yeah. longer uh, a little bit longer still good he's still on me yeah just a little bit li- and then like right. always want to shoot more and i i don't think yeah. i i don't think i shot enough but right also it was in our heads not to overshoot right and right. not to like when dustin would meet someone or or talk to someone i would get like five seconds and then what he's holding I think right, that's enough yeah. for that. And the right. way we'll have to structure, we'll have to see once you start. But it's going to be like you talking about what kind of what knives you're holding and then some of the people you met and right, what it's all yeah. about and why you don't really buy expensive knives. 
Right, exactly. And then that was the other thing. It was like, of course, you know, going to Blade for anyone who's interested in knives is about seeing the work and meeting the people. Mm-hmm. Right, that's why it's that's why you go to Blade because it's where everyone's coming from all over the world. All the best makers are coming to Blade Show well, because it's the biggest one. Yeah, know, like but non non makers though they go. A lot of those people just go to get first yeah, editions of, of things and right. But I think I think the majority of people are people who even if even they are going to get first editions, they're still trying to meet those makers, right, and talk to people. And, like, you're, they're going because that's where they can get all the exclusive stuff and the, the exclusive, mm-hmm. you know, per, the relationships. I mean, I think, you know, obviously they're – I mean, I just think if if you don't care about that, you could get those things anywhere. I mean, unless, like you said, if you're a collector, then you collect not only because of the thing but because of the history and because of the people and, you know. Of yeah. course, there's those people who just wanted like the microtech, you know, auto knives or Which, the, the flipper, you know, the the Balasong kids that were there, like, just flipping <laughs> knives Balasong and stuff. <laughs> um, which actually was a really interesting thing. I really didn't think I'd enjoy myself at the big booths necessarily, right. but I do. I like the I like the show. I like yeah, the I yeah. like the big deal stuff. I like right. not not that I like that stuff more than the small stuff, but I like knowing that someone set up a big booth. I yeah, like right. that someone built a pirate ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And like, exactly. like, um, like it's it's. I just it it gets me excited, and I'm excited yeah. to be there because of it. Like, oh damn, look what they got! They got this whole backlit thing, like, right? Yeah, with these huge signs, the and production and, of it. Yeah, yeah right. It, it, yeah. it feels. You want to go to something that feels big time. Right. If you're saying you're the biggest thing in the world, I yeah. want it to feel big time. Right, yeah. And and we kind of didn't make it over there until the last hour. Right, yeah, the last hour. Because we, yeah. we were going to all the small booths, which really, right. I mean, the most interesting work and the most interesting people we want to talk to are there. Are at the tables and stuff, right? Because the so, individual makers—that's what we were. Right, you right. know, we were spending a lot of time that because we are makers and we know a lot of those guys through you know the community and stuff. But the so. last hour, going back to that, like if you walk into the left, you got all these big tables. It was fun. Yeah, all the booths are it where was like cool the big to production see, like, is. Yeah, yeah. I, I like seeing. Me too. Um, yeah, like the awesome. lines of knives and not lines like the, the what do you call it? Um, the displays and stuff. Yeah, like, like all the way yeah. they're displaying them and yeah. And they're like newest thing, and yeah, right. It's kind of right. cool. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah, it's and exciting. And it's cool because th- there's all this production value, and there's all this like stuff and hu- and like hype, and like you said, it feels very like that's like the production, the presentation is really high. You know, it's a lot of money spent there to mm-hmm. do that. But then you talk to the people, and they're all just knife people, <laughs> yeah. and they're also really nice people. Right, they're like and and kind of easygoing. Nobody, at no point did I feel like I was really trying to be sold on something, you know. Like, yeah, and I yeah. think that also helps that like we know knives, we're talking, and and we also have a YouTube channel, right? So that the conversations were going a little bit in that direction. Like, oh, what do you do? We do this, blah blah blah, you know. Like, but everyone was like, just felt so genuine, like so easy to talk to, so like so nice. You know, everyone was just, I mean it's a certain type of person typically that wants to go to a show that has a hundred thousand people and everyone's crowded in and everyone's talking about knives. Like you kind of have to be, you know, willing to talk to people and pretty like, um, easy with it, Mm. but it felt very easy. Like there was never any point where I was like, 
felt like I was really trying to be sold on something or someone was just talking just because, you know, it was like their job to do it at that moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think the, the singular knife guys, the, the smaller production right. knife guys, not the big company, like right. the, the artist artisan maker guys. Yeah. They know that they know right. their shit's expensive. And, right, and yeah. the, the funny thing is it's like, it's not worth it, but it is worth it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's crazy to spend that much on a knife. Yeah. Just like right. I think it's crazy to spend even more on a, a fancy watch. Right. Yeah. But it's, uh, I guess watches are more status symbol. So it's not a good comparison. Like, rich people buy nice watches just to say they can. Right. Yeah. But an expensive knife that does the same thing a cheap knife does. Mm-hmm. With with less sharpenings, and not made in China, for sure. Right. But it right. seems like a crazy thing. But also, it's worth it for the amount of work that goes into it. Right. Yeah. For sure. Like I know it's worth it. Yeah. And some of it, it's worth even more because the new guys they sell them for relatively cheap. Right. You can get a knife for two hundred, two hundred fifty bucks, and you know they might have spent yeah. a week on it. So anything, n- no one works for a week for two hundred fifty bucks. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No right. one would do that. If that was your, oh, you're going to make $4 an hour, we're going to have to come in, you know, it's like whatever it is. Yeah, right. It's crazy. <laughs> so yeah. I, I understand. Right. And it's definitely, yeah, that is... it's definitely worth it, but it's still oh, right. yeah. it's very expensive things, and I think a lot of the tables know that you're stopping to see it. And the right. people who want to buy, they're going to, they just will. You don't have to sell yeah. them on it. Right. The people with that much money know what they want and they're looking for it. So if you right. just happen to be what they want, you're not going to have to sell them on it. You're just going to have to say, yeah, pick it up, check it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the things. Um, it was uh, Jordan Dance from um, JD Custom Knives. He was uh, he was there, and uh, we stopped and chatted with him because we've had him on the podcast, and it was kind of fun. Aaron um Adam Gray from AA Knives, obviously. Aaron, I get him and his brother mixed up. Aaron, Aaron and Adam, they both have A's, which is what the AA Knives is. Mm. Um, he was uh, he was there and he was standing right there next to the booth too. I didn't realize he was going to be there, and I was like, oh, cool. I saw saw him and JD and and JD has or Jordan has a bunch of um, a bunch of glow elements in his mm. knife handles, mm-hmm. but this is like in a well lit, you know giant convention center that's like you're never going to see that they're glowing so he had uh, a little uv flashlight oh, yeah. <laughs> and she was shining on stuff and he said that was like his wife's job for the weekend although she wasn't there when we were there which is a shame because i wanted to meet her but but he was like that was her job people would be looking at it, and then she would like reach over and like flash it with the like uv light and they'd be like ooh, you know like <laughs> the wow factor all of a sudden would pop because you get this like glow in the dark stuff in your knife handles thanks to art of craftsmanship pod uh, <laughs> that's because we did that first uh but <laughs> everybody else just took it from us but that's fine because that's the greatest compliment <laughs> but no, was, that was fun it, you know that's one of those things where if someone was like looking at your knives and being like yeah that's cool you know like how is it how is it different how does it stand out from you know someone else and then, and then yeah. you like hit it with a little like flashlight and it's like, barrel, they glow and you're like, ah, okay. You know, that might tip somebody over the edge who was like thinking about it, you know, been thinking about buying a knife, da, 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 and then they like see that. Like, Ooh, that's cool. The and pressure then, is, it's gotta be rough. Yeah. For the new guys. Right. Yeah. 
because if you've been around for and it's got to be you know it's got to be rough for everybody right just to know like maybe i won't sell enough right to cover yeah. the booth right and then you feel sad whether you or maybe you don't but i'd be bummed yeah you know yeah, and I mean, then you gotta go home and be like man like we lost money just going to this thing i mean right. you hope that you made enough connections right, right to maybe make up for it later on but so I feel for them there, but I think a lot of them do well. Yeah. But um, yeah, the people so who didn't too. do well, I feel bad. But it's it's such right. a, I don't even know if it's against them personally. It is such a niche thing to right. have a million of in front of people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, it's, it's like, like, yeah, it's oof. like putting out a YouTube video where 19 other channels are putting out the video on the same thing at the same time, right? Like, right. when you oversaturate the market, it's hard to, you know, get a good benefit from it, you know, like, and then... Unless you you're know, Italian. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, so, yeah. I mean, you know, when you're at a show where there's thousands and thousands of knives you know i mean there's also thousands of people but it's like yeah it's yeah, like oh, you those, might man. just get unlucky with a bad placement or yeah or like it was you know it's kind of weird like sometimes you get a lot of people standing in front of a booth and then sometimes you don't right and yeah. then the ones with a lot of people around it other people start coming to it it's just weird like you should almost hire three people to just circle around every Every four minutes. Right. And yeah. stand in front of your booth and be looking at stuff. Uh-huh. Because then immediately, it like, I think it draws eyes. Mm-hmm. You know? If you're just a booth with no one in front of you, then people yeah. kind of... Because then the person feels like they got to walk up and you have to, like, make yeah, eye contact right, and talk. Right. And that's tough, you know? like Yeah. And then, you know, behind the booth, you feel like you have to engage. You know, you got to mm-hmm. be like, hey, how's it going? You know, da, da, da. You know it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a odd thing working a booth of your own stuff, you know, like yeah. even just like as an artist, you know, over the years having shows where my work is up, you know, being able to know that I need to stand close enough to it that I, you know, like if people have a question, I can answer that questions or they'll talk to me about it or, you know, you float further away and then you see people looking at the work and you're like, how long do I give them to look at the work before you want to go up and talk to them? You know, it's right. it's a weird thing. But, you know, it's funny also, too, because you'd walk up to, I'd walk up to, like, a custom maker's booth, and if there were, like, knives that I thought were interesting enough that I wanted to pick them up, I'd pick them up, and I'd start looking at them, you know, in a way that I think a knife maker would look at knives, right? So I'm, like, looking at, like, the handle scales and looking down the spine and, you know, checking out the, and holding it in a certain way, and, you know, it's like, as soon as you do that, you know, the person who's there, um looking you know who's selling the knives are like oh it's another knife maker like uh, they're not gonna buy anything he's just comparing himself to me now <laughs> like, you're like never mind go about your business <laughs> but yeah no it was it, man it was it was such a blast and obviously like meeting so many cool people which is really cool like just the being able to meet and you know say hey to knife makers and that I haven't been inspired by for a really long time. And just to like, thank them and, you know, tell them that I really love their work, which yes. you know, so, yeah. You, so cool. you met what, like, well, three big ones that you kind of wanted to, or you didn't know if you wanted to, but yeah. there were three where you were like, well, there, well, there were, so, so the, um, there were a few people that I was surprised by. Like I saw a couple custom makers and I can't, um, 
So the the one big one that I wasn't expecting to be there was Andy Roy from Fiddleback Forge, mm-hmm. and he works. He's one of the owners of Pops Knife Supply, so he was there with the Pops Knife Supply booth, and I was like talking to Chip, who was there, Chip Skegman, and we're talking. You know, I'm looking at some stuff, and then like there's Andy Roy in front of me, and I recognized him. I was like, Ugh. you know, and then it, it like clicked. I was like, oh, of course, right? He's of course he's here with Pops, and so I was like, oh man, Andy, I, like like Andy Roy was is like the first knife c- custom knife maker that I was inspired by pretty much mm. mm-hmm. like back in, you know, college, probably 2003, 2004, something like that. Um, when I started getting into knife making and started decided, and I decided to make my own knife for backpacking, I started looking around at, you know, bushcraft knives and custom knives and stuff. And the only place to really find them online, other than just Googling that was knife forums. So like online knife forums.com, the big, a big knife forum website. And you could go on, you could search people's names and you could just like search by topic, different types of knives. And so there was a lot of fiddleback forge knives. And that's when I first saw him as well as some other guys that I can't really remember their names now, but he was the one that really stood out because I loved his designs and I loved the, like the simplicity of the work and the, patterns he had on his on his steels and the different like handle combinations and stuff and and just like super awesome stuff that has always stuck with me still one of my favorite makers and that was really cool meeting him so why before you go the rest why do it seems a lot of makers end up selling a lot of other things like why would you start a company selling the supplies I mean, I guess you need something to like, hey, right. we, we should, but it's like, it seems to, uh, if you make a movie, you don't start selling cameras and tripods. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, I mean, along if you paint, lines, if you paint, you're not hustling canvas and, and like, and well, charcoals. Maybe. Not necessarily. There are, I mean, I think, I mean, I it, think people are passionate about what they do. And a lot of times that will lead to um, yeah. getting into the business of that thing. Like I do know painters who have made lines of their own paint, you know, and have sold their own stuff. Yeah, um, but, it, it, but I think in the knife making game, I think custom selling custom knives is a hard thing to do mm-hmm. to sell enough of. Mm-hmm. So then you get into the business of selling the things around that. Like you yeah. and I've talked about, like at YouTube, right? You know, making videos is not well, just it. We also make one of we talk about product having a things. product or one or two things to sell. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe, and then you get one successful, maybe you continue on from there. Right. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, what, I think, what's you know, uh, what's his name? The young British knife maker guy, Alex Steele. Alex Steele. Right. Yeah. I just I watched one of his videos recently about where he's like he's leaving whenever he's going back to england mm-hmm. and he's talking about everything he's tried to sell mm-hmm. and it just all has failed relatively like obviously right. he sells a bunch of this stuff and right. he can sell a bunch but even that even him a huge name right yeah he has issues and something yeah. gets in the way and it's too much work or it's too much of this it's like you end up being a like a, a like packaging like right, wrapping stuff yeah. up and sending it business. Like, right. Who wants to do that? Right. 
Well, you know, I mean, that's yeah, you got to pay the bills some way, and if like and I, just I, what you're making is not paying the bills, you got to figure yeah, something else out. No, that's true. But I mean, now the nice thing, like Pop's Knife Supply, he's like a co-owner of the company, mm. right, Andy Roy. So it's not just him doing it; like it's not just his own. It's his his business with some other partners. Um, you know, yeah. so I mean, yeah, I mean, it's nothing against people who want to hustle and do it. It just seems like a, right a lot of work. Yeah, on the, no, on the I side. agree. Right. I mean, that's that's also the whole, I think, the same conversation about going from being a hobbyist to a full-time person. You know, you're going from, like, it's a different mindset of going from, like, doing it because you love it than doing it because you have to do it. Then also, then on top of that, selling some other stuff because you're still making more money. Yeah. You know, you won't need to make more money or whatever. Or or maybe you're just passionate about it, you know. <laughs> like, like um, Maritime Knife Supply, you know, he, um, what's his name, uh, Lawrence Lake. He's a knife maker. He loves making knives, you know. And I've watched him forge knives. He does. He does a really good job. But he's also a businessman. Like he runs. Like that's his business. Maritime Knife Supply. Right. But I don't Which, think. I'm saying if you're already a big name. Right. Yeah. And then he, to me, he seems like Maritime Knife Supply seems like. I mean, he. I don't know if he was a big name or not, but he was just a guy who was like, oh, there's a, a spot for this. Right, he was like this. a knife making enthusiast too. Yeah, but I, I can do this company. as a business. I I think I can right. do this thing. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah. you see a lot of people do that. That's all yeah. I'm saying, and it doesn't seem like I think we should sell something just because you need to offer something. Because uh, right. it's always like right, you're leaving money on the table, but I'm not going to design our own pants. Right. And yeah, <laughs> and sell <laughs> abrasives and like right. it just seems like a lot to do. Yeah. 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 Nice. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it, I I think it just depends on what you want to do and what you can, what you know is interesting enough. And you know, do you want like someone like uh, Monta- Montana Knife Company, which is uh, Josh Smith? So he's a master smith. He was the youngest master smith to ever get his master smith distinction from the ABS. And uh, he was a custom knife maker for a long time, but he also did other things. You know, he's worked other jobs, and then he started Montana Knife Knife Company. And that like blew up and took off and he does really well. And that's all, you know, it's all customized, but it's like laser jet. And, you know, I'm sure he, I'm sure he does all sorts of different stuff, but you know, he's making quality knives and selling them. So, you know, went from, I mean, that's still a knife making business, but it's like much more a a giant manufacturing company rather than, you know, a custom knife maker. But the cool thing about that, you know, is that Josh can still make his own knives, right? Mm -hmm. Cause he's not selling every one of those those knives from the Montana knife company. Um, you know, they're not, they're not all master bladesmith knives, right? It's not like his MS distinctions on each one and they're not each selling for four grand. You know, right, right. They're whatever, a couple hundred bucks. So, um, um but who else, who else did you, um, so, uh, I met, um, so, there were a few people who I definitely wanted to meet. Like we, we stopped and chatted with JD custom knives. It was really cool. You know, we've talked to him before, but like in the big, the big knife makers, the ones who I knew there, when I talked to it last, talked about it last week on the podcast was like, I wanted to meet Lynn Ray and I wanted to meet Michael West. Those are kind of the two biggest ones. Um, and there were some other people that I would have liked to meet, but they were really like the ones that I, I knew would be there. And that I really wanted to see, cause those were cool, like cool guys. And I liked their work, um, for totally different reasons. Or actually, not not really totally different reasons, but for different reasons. So we did we did find Michael West, and I stopped and talked to him for a little bit, and that was really cool because he had maybe four or five, six knives or so, and his knives are like the epitome of art knives, like 
beautiful lines mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. the sheath and the handles and the blade all go together perfectly like you might have a sheath that's made out of silver and stone and the handles made out of silver and stone and the lines fit perfectly almost to the point that like some people he said would like pick up the knife with the sheath on it and be like think that it was one thing they're like is this the knife like this isn't like a sharp knife it's just kind of a blunt i saw saw someone do it right before right right before he brought that up like i was looking over or something they were like oh you know he he was like yeah and then then they pulled it right exactly you realize that it's the knife in the sheath yeah it's like crazy just beautiful beautiful knives um and like just super nice stuff and so that was really cool stopping and talking to him and and like we were having a conversation about like what his idea is. Right. And it's like these like flowing lines and you get really, you know, simple, simple design, like just it's a super elegant, you know, line work and stuff. So at that moment, although like his knives are, you know, he's been a knife maker for a lot longer than I have. Um, our, our mindset on what we like in knives I think is similar and also we come from a similar place where like art is also the aesthetic of it is also important Mm. so i felt like really confident taking out my knife the journey knife that we made on the channel and showing him because that was something that i like i think it has really good lines you know i think that that is what was really important to me and that comes through in the knife um so that was cool you know it's like it's not it's not finished up to an art knife finish that costs two grand or three grand because that's not what i'm going for you know it's an it's a a user knife that I'm going to use and I'm, I've used a bunch and I cleaned up before we went to blade show, but it's like, you know, it's a different, it's a different type of usability, but it's still the same aesthetic that goes into designing it. And so he like looked at it. He's like, well, that's nice. And he was like looking around and he was holding it and he's looking down my lines and stuff. I was like, oh, that's really nice. So that was cool. You know, like, and again, like that's different. There were probably, there are other makers that I probably met that I wouldn't have been like, eh, you know, like, I wouldn't have wanted to show them my knives, my knife, because it's um, in that situation, they do a different thing. That's not really the same thing. So it's almost like not pointless to show them the knife, but just like they wouldn't appreciate it the way I'd want them to appreciate it. Mm. And I knew that he would. Right. Mm. And so that's why I, I pulled out my knife to show it to him, which was, it was cool. And in reality, he's not going to say anything that bad. But I, no, was, of course. But what yeah. I heard, it was a positive reception. Right, yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't asking for him to be like, oh, it's great, you know, have a whole conversation about yeah. it. But it was more just like, oh, yeah, I do the similar type of thing. This is like, like I knew that after the conversation we had, I knew that if I handed the knife, he was going to look at the things that we were talking about, right? It was like the shape and the, and the lines and the things, which is, you know, what was important to me. Mm-hmm. And then I had, you know, completely different conversations with other people who were other bushcraft knife makers. And I showed them my knife as well. I was like, this is my knife. You know, like there are a few reasons why it is the way it is. Like it's flat on the bottom and you know, it's faceted so you can set it down. It doesn't roll away. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was one of the things I thought of a lot when I was designing that. Like, I like the fact that you can set it down in a few different ways. You can set it on its side and the blade doesn't fall and touch the ground. Right, so it like it's mm-hmm. it's weighted back enough that it sits that way. If you're like cutting something, you're like cutting food or whatever, and the blade's sticky, you can set it down. It won't actually touch; like it stays up. Yeah. So there were some like things that were you know I showed other people for different reasons. Um, uh, what was I thinking? Right, and you like a puko design, kind of a simple yeah knife design. Right. Um, that, that yeah, that Scandinavian you know simple simple design. It um, just came to my mind. Not that well. I like your knife, and I like I like how clean it is. 
if if there's a way to I don't know see but you're not trying to sell it like if you were I would say if you wanted to sell it at a table right my idea would be to make really kind of wild-ish handles right like you get the really cool because it is so simple right you almost have to wow people not everyone's going to appreciate a sharp lined hexagonal kind of thing right yeah but if it's got also a really cool handle scales right yeah then then you're kind of halfway there then they can appreciate it and it's not broken up by anything right and that's one of the things i think that pucos have right because they you know typically have fairly simple blade shapes but they almost always have like an antler you know like a bone a a couple cool layers or something yeah Yeah. and then like curly birch and then some brass or something like and you get this really beautiful wood right that's one of those things or stacked like uh, birch bark or you know leather or things like that so so there's also simplicity in that but i definitely know what you mean yeah like that's the one thing you could really like go wild on and then hopefully you know someone's aesthetic might be you know like interested because of that right a few different cool combinations and stuff and of course that's like I mean, a lot of people go to Blade Show and walk away with hundreds of dollars of handle material because you can find all that crazy stuff. And like, yeah, how do you how do you make a sharp, you know, pointy thing different from everyone else? Right. Or how do you like? Right. Why would you right. want to buy it when you can, you know, when you could like get a piece of oak and put that on the handle, and make it yourself? Well, you know, that's the cool thing. Like, it's something yeah, that like just a really out. nice. Like you were looking at like pearly, really shiny material. Like yeah, it would yeah, almost it, must, it would yeah. almost remind me if you did that, like right. a, a harsh, really not harsh, like a sharp, clean white. Right. Yeah. With with that, it's almost like it would be like yeah. a stormtrooper's knife. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like right, exactly. It, yeah. Maybe like one line of black. Yeah. yeah it's it's right. almost slightly futuristic because that's you know just simple sharp lines like you know right. straight straight lines like that. Yeah, and even on like on mine, it's it has the um, you know, it's like uh, it's curly maple black dyed curly maple but it has the the thick white liners on either side of the blade right right you know that's like it's a bold statement in Mm -hmm. that you know it has and that's like a bold nice like you know simple line but it's bold you know that's something i thought that was important for that design as well and then just a maker's mark on the corner you'll be set. yeah right exactly yeah i forget someone was like where's your maker's mark like it does look slightly naked like seeing all of them because then you you start to appreciate a nice maker's mark on the corner right oh yeah they either like stamp this in or this was etched in or like yeah. all these different ways. Yeah, so that'd yeah. be nice. And it, you know, I think if you were to use the AOC logo, it, it looks good and it's a nice, it's a nice sharp logo to go with your, yep. Your sharp. Yeah. And it, and it looks good small. I mean, that's why that's, yeah, that was literally the reason why she said the logo. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good. Just, small. The, just the right size. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Yeah. But when, when I was redesigning the logo, I was like, I need, you know, I was thinking that specifically, like I need a logo that I can put on knives and I want to do the AOC logo. So let me do a logo that can translate to be like the channel logo, but also it could be translated really small to be able to, to laser at your stamp or whatever. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then, yeah. So we're walking around for a while and we meet some other people and I have a, you know, we can talk about the, the, um, the Valiant Armory story as well, but we get to the end and we've got like, there people are wrapping up. It's probably 25 minutes or so of six, you know, and uh, and I was like, holy shit, I haven't met Lynn Ray yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to find Lynn Ray. So I pull out the booklet and I'm like looking through and 
I figure out where his booth is and I walk over and he's there like talking to somebody else. I was like, yes, he's here. Awesome. Two, and, uh, well, two 30. What was I? Instead of like, remember we, Oh, right. I was like, it's two 30. Where's booth two 30. You're like, no, that's 23. Oh, I was like, that's two 30. You're like, no, 23. Oh, not zero. Oh, I was like, Oh, 23. Oh, two, three. Oh, you just said what I said, but you said it differently. <laughs> It's like four one nine forge. I was talking to him, and he was like, "I was like, he was like, yeah, it's four one four one nine or whatever." And then at one point, I was like, "I think I may have interest in you." I was like four nineteen. He was like, "That's yeah, four one nine. He's like, four, he's like four one nine sounds better than four nineteen. I was like, yeah. "Okay, I like that." But uh, yeah, so stopped and talked to him, and he so he was talking to somebody, which is you know, it's fine. And so we were standing there, and I so I talked to his his wife real quick, um, which I've heard him talk about before. And I was like, you know, I'm so so happy you guys are here. I was like, really want to come over and meet Lynn and say hi to him, and you know, pick up the knives and stuff. And um, and she was like, oh yeah, he's always here to the bitter bitter end. This <laughs> is like that's you won't great. get him away before the end. I was like, yeah, that's right. That's my kind of guy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I did notice like when you were speaking very very highly of her husband she seemed to appreciate it oh nice and i'm yeah. sure she hears that a lot as well because mm-hmm. he's a huge mm-hmm. name but she seemed to like it like you know she's yeah. like like she lit up a little bit uh that's nice yeah now i mean and that like i i recognized her like i said because i've i've i may have seen her before like in other videos of him or whatever and you know i've heard her name before i've heard him mention her so you know i saw her with her with her name tag on it had whatever her first name is i can't remember nancy ray or something you know so i was like hey and i just said hi because she was there and he was talking to somebody else so i said hi to her and i was like you know can i pick him up and she's like sure of course you know so that was super cool because like his not claim to fame because he's a master smith and he does amazing so i think really like what he his what he does is is like the traditional american like Bowie style hunter you know fighter clipper knives things like that mm-hmm. But what really put him on the map, at least made, like, where he stands out is his x-ray knife, which is a blacksmith knife. So it's all made out of one piece of steel, you know, blade and handle all forged out. And then he has the handles come back around and then they're they're peened into the bolster area of the blade. You know, so he just kind of draws out this pin with a little tang and then he gets it through and then he peens it on. Um, but... And that's like super awesome. And I've seen other people do that as well. It's like, you know, it's his thing that he kind of, he does a lot of, but what I love about him and what I really heard, I've heard him talk about, especially like he, he really went into it on the full blast podcast, um, was his, uh, his aesthetic for blade proportion to handle proportion. He's like, that's really important. You know, it's like, that's, that's what makes a good blade is understanding those proportions and understanding how those things, two things work together and, you know, how wide the blade is, how long it is, how long the handle is. He's like, cause you can't have, you know, like everything has to work. Those two things have to work together and the different types of blades, right? So if you have a certain type of blade, you have to have a certain type of handle and it has to have a certain type of weight. You know, if you're doing a little carving blade well then you can make your handle a little bit bigger because you want to have good you know so it's like they all work together but he really went into that and that's something that i definitely noticed but i never really was able to put words to it about right right not about his knives but just about knives in general and isn't that's really it isn't that the difference between a a good maker yeah or or a bad maker and a good maker or or, you know it's knowing like the experience of knowing the small things that 
right make it uh right you know yeah right and knowing that maybe people can't point it out but they'll know and they will they'll feel it yeah right it's like exactly you you know it right like when you hold there's there's something there that's indescribable Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he was able to put some words to that right and then that's like the difference right because he understands he's done it enough he understands that. And that's and that's the same thing. Like that's why I think that's why I think I was really drawn to him and really drawn to Michael West, right? There's something there in the aesthetic and in the like proportions and, you know, scale and lines that is really important to them and it comes out in the work that they do. And those knives feel really right. Yeah. You know, like and yeah. there's something really like you want to hold it, feels right in your hand, the you know, everything just feels good about it. And then you pick up someone else's knives and there are a lot of knives that feel really good as well, but like, at least with these guys, I know that they're doing it on purpose. You know, like, and that's that's important to me as a as an artist, right? Is that the difference yeah. between I think craft and art sometimes is how you can explain yourself. Yeah, right? yeah. So there's like a reason behind it. Yeah. You know? you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because if I want to make a bowl, you know, I turn a bowl on a lathe mm-hmm. and you have your bowl. Like the reason for that craft is a bowl to hold something. But 
if you have a shape there and you have a thickness to it and a thinness and you can explain why you did it a certain way and what that purpose is and where what the look you were going for is, I think that's when it turns it into art. Maybe or just a competent craftsman. Yeah, I guess so. But I think <laughs> yeah. but I think that is an artist, right? I think a competent craftsman is someone who understands that they're doing something for a purpose and there's a reason why that they're doing it. That's more than just its purpose. Yeah, yeah. Or or a craftsman is someone who gets the job done and an artist is someone who gets the job done and then sells it for more money. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I don't think, but I think, you know, there are tons of people who are there who are artists and they were selling their work for cheaper and then there were artists who were selling their work for more expensive. That's what I'm saying. They all can be artists. But if you say you're an artist and then sell it, you might be more. Right. I mean, I think, but no, I, I think that's true, but I think that's true for a reason, right? Because there's more to it. There's more that's gone into it. Maybe not. You know, but I think there has. When you when you can explain yourself and you and you have you've you've also added in the time that it takes you to make it, but also all of the inspiration that you've gained, you know, like yeah, but you don't have to be an artist to explain your work, right? But you're right. But I think being able to explain your work and being able to, to have a reason behind what you do that's more than just its purpose is what makes it art. But Whether do you, you think do so you or need not. a reason behind? If someone makes a great bowl and just says and, and knows it's a great bowl and doesn't explain themselves. Does that not make it art? I think that if they don't, if they, if their reasoning is just to make a bowl, then I think that's craft. I think that's when the distinction, if that person cannot, if they're not trying to explain the reason why they're doing it, right? If I'm like um, making nails, and I just make a bunch of nails and then that's it. Like, okay, well then they're nails, right? But if I'm like, if I'm spending time to design the right nail, that's going to do a certain thing because it has to do this thing well. And then it's also the head, the right proportion, right? Then like, then you go, I think that's when you can start like considering it more of an art, art form because you have a purpose behind making. Are right? there it's artisan like, nail makers? Uh, Sure. <laughs> all those blacksmiths who teach oh, people man, how to make we knives gotta, we gotta set up a booth selling nails that'd be great <laughs> I mean if you know someone who made like homemade cut nails now like those people who no, make cut yeah. nails for like you know antique furniture they're you know they're doing it on purpose like they're $50 a nail <laughs> they're right, worth exactly. it took me two days each you don't want to give me $50 for two days work <laughs> yeah i know right I know. but see that's the thing yeah it's always so weird the the difference and opinions of people mm -hmm. on what art is and if you're right. an artist or yeah. not some people who are great makers you call them an artist they they pull back yeah some accept it as fact that right. it is art yeah right um you know we, it's such a loose term i think anyone anyone doing yeah. doing something yeah, right, exactly. I think Something that, like that. Yeah, and that's why I think, you know, even just like the craftsmanship for the craftsmanship's sake, right? It's like I'm doing this really well because I think it's really important that it's done really well and it's going to hold up and it's like, you know, I've I've taken the time to look at the different aspects of what I'm creating and make sure that they're all done really well, right? Then that starts to push into art. 
That's why that's the whole art of craftsmanship, right? Because there Maybe. were things that I've done over the years where I've made something that's just making it for the purpose of it's like being made, but but I put the time and effort into doing it really well, so that way, when it comes out, it then it, it looks really good and it acts really good and it does exactly what it's supposed to do, and that has given me the same type of satisfaction that creating an art piece of artwork ha- gives me. Mm. And I think that's when I started to feel that way about some of the craft stuff was like, oh, this craft is giving me the same, this thing that I made that I would consider not a piece of fine art is giving me that same type of feeling that creating the fine art does that I can present this thing and like, look at this thing that I've made, like, look how beautiful this is. Right. (laughs) It's like, and that is like, look at this painting that I made. I think it's really beautiful. And look at this canvas that I stretched. And it's like, it's really tight and all the paint is clean and all the joints are clean and I've, and I've like wrapped it and I've stapled it down and all my staples are spaced out evenly. That's the, it's the same. That's where that's, again, that's when I started to think like this thing over here is the same as this thing over here. Art and craft in my mind are the same. You know, the weird thing, you would think that you go to art school and you would become maybe more of a snob. But I think it it widens out your your acceptance of what art mm-hmm. and and beautiful works are because everyone around you is so different. Yeah, and then yeah. people are in you know you see weird sculpture and you see really simple things. Yeah, that you you decide is art. Right, right. Yeah. A thirty foot canvas with just blue paint on it. Right. So yeah. you, you you become more willing to entertain the idea that almost anything can be art. Right. So it actually, art school actually kind of pulls the snobbery away because the biggest like, oh, that's not art people, are people have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, they don't understand. They art. Right, right. Or not, right. maybe they don't have no idea, but they don't have any training at all other than there's a nice painting, I think it looks pretty. Right, that Not looks th- like something, and that over there doesn't look like something. That looks so like something that, looks like that something I don't think I could do. Right, yeah, right. That exactly. painting is so well done. You know, so so I think yeah, it, it's kind of interesting artist, that yeah. the snobbery goes away once you go to art school. To it, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, as far as like what you know, what can and can't be art, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially mm-hmm. in our day and age, right? Because if you would have, like, there's there's definitely uh, over the history of art, there have been different art time frames where these specific types of art were what was popular at the time right if you weren't doing that you wouldn't get any recognition now through all of those times there were people doing whatever they wanted and you know like the artists probably still considered everybody artists but it was the critics who were like pushing the different trends you know modernism and impressionism and abstract expressionism and you know like all these time frames, like the people who were being pushed, the art that was avant-garde was the new thing, right? That was like what the new thing was. That was the only thing that was considered really good, like worthy of a gallery at the time. Right. In New York, in the best place, or in Paris or whatever, you know. But yeah. I, again, we I think all those artists were also, they had come through different training. They had seen different art. They were willing to accept art for art's sake, but they were also wanting to push forward what the, most modern and you know what the most important art was at the time um but yeah i mean i think and i think like 
a lot of the people that I was in school with and a lot of the makers and stuff that I know people are, people love the craft of what they do. Right. They love, like, I always love, you know, I get like a fresh tube of paint and I'm like, Oh, it's so nice. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's nice colors and, and the tube is nice and you open it up and the top is like, Ooh, this is a nicely designed top. And you know, the brushes are nice and all the, all, everything behind it is all part of it. You know, it's that like experience of like doing this thing and making this thing. And yeah, um, I, I, think I think it's, it's all part of it. It's nice to have a love for beautiful things. Right. Yeah. Like in general, I think that's such a nice thing to have an appreciation of, of that you should try to instill that in in maybe your kids yeah like appreciate things because it's it gets i think it gets weeded out of people yeah you know in general especially definitely men who aren't in like it's almost seems silly in this culture to like say like oh what a beautiful this or that to appreciate beautiful things right right like it's almost like not a masculine trait Right to but see beauty in something, right? Yeah. Right, right. To but but it's that to see like possibility and excitement and 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 uh, maybe that's why I like I like the big show because it's I know a lot went into it. Right, you know, yeah. I'm like, man, this yeah, is great. Yeah. Like, look at these these uh, these tables and stuff, and all these people here. Like, this is yeah, this the big is so posters cool. and the pictures, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, right, and the lights and you know spinning cabinetry that's underlit <laughs> right. with mirrors and stuff and yeah so right. um, it's, yeah 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 it's all of it um so you met the guys you wanted that's cool yeah yeah definitely and there were a bunch of other people that i met which is really cool and i met a bunch of um you know makers that i've followed on instagram and you know met a, met met several of the new um you know newly uh acquired journeyman knife makers you know that was really cool so oh, yeah, yeah stopped and yeah. talked to several of them just to like you know people who i didn't really know but i you know you see their work there and they have like you know the certificate that says like journeyman so i know they've just gone through like super stressful whatever last six months to get everything where they you know mm-hmm. are at this point mm-hmm. and then they brought their knives and they're judged on the spot at blade show and they've made it so you know just to say like hey congratulations you know like what an awesome job. You know, I know you've come a long way. I know this has been super stressful, but like now you're done. Now you've got it. Like congrats. And so it was yeah, nice there was a, there was yeah. a young guy I was talking to the night before at, um, in the pit. I forget yeah. his name. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say names. So I don't, <laughs> so I don't mess it up or forget anybody. But then at the end of the day, I had seen a guy, some foreign guy in like a suit coat, like talking to him. About how nice his knives were, his knives were, and how happy he was for him that he got journeyman. And like he must have been some type of judge, right? Because yeah. he was definitely pointing out things like what you did well, what you did this, yeah. Um, keep this up, keep that up, and it, it was it was cool to see to know that the the guy was going through that and like, yeah, it was right. it was, it was nice to. To see yeah that. right exactly like maybe it was a master smith or right or maybe it was mm-hmm. a judge one of right, the judges right, or somebody right, right. someone who who really could appreciate what he had mm-hmm. just done mm-hmm. and and was waiting to that moment where he would like you know got it you know was like was judged cr- enough that he was able to become a master a journeyman you know and then you know and then at that point like talk to him about it be like this is great do this do this yeah yeah, yeah. you're going in the right direction yeah it's pretty, so pretty awesome. yeah we we got kind of enough footage i don't know we'll see once right. we, it, might, it might be a six minute video 
I, yeah. I don't know exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> It'll be coming up soon. Um, yeah. Dustin's going to come up. We'll record the outro and record some voiceover stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it was cool. And, um, you know, we both picked up a couple of little folding knives. Oh, yeah. Um, we we both got, was it Beyond Knives? Kind of a, just a simple, small folding knife. Um, yeah. We stopped and we just picked up one of them because they were like 40 bucks a piece. Or if you buy more than one, you got them for 30 yeah. So <laughs> it was good. I got uh, one with a Jade G10 handle, which we both were drawn into it because the Jade is just so pretty. Um, mm-hmm. but I know you, you grabbed, you got the blue one cause I think the action was a little better and also you wanted to have something a little different, you know, well, the, you know, like the same one. Yeah. The, the blue was the second best color. I didn't think the black was very nice. Right. Um, I like the black, the but, black you know. looked though, like what you could see the machining or it, it, uh, it looked yeah, more plasticky. You know what I mean? Right. It looked almost yeah. like 3d printed ish. Cause you could, you could see where the machining was on it. Right. The blue, right. the J definitely covers it up. The blue was like the second best. Yeah. And then I was like, well, let me see one of the blues. And then I got it, and the the action was so nice, <laughs> which I'm holding <laughs> it right now. Yeah, right. Which we joked about that, like, oh, you're going to be hearing, like, like the, the, the blade the, flipping the, sound. All the, <laughs> over and over. And which it, was like, which was the dull roar at Blade Show. It was I'll just <laughs> constant, like, auto knives flip, flipping or flipper knives or, like, balisong knives flipping. <laughs> it was, it was just constant, yeah. yeah and, yeah. um... <laughs> So I was like, oh, let me see a blue. And he like got it out of the box and I did it. And it was like real nice action. Yeah. I was right, like, oh, that's the best one yet. Like, yeah. Oh, little, okay. the, the assisted, you know, whatever it's called, like a nub assist or whatever it is. Like, yeah, those are sweet. Yeah. So that's kind of what we ended up. We were both looking for the same thing. Right. And yeah. what you kind of, we had discussed was something that you can't make. So probably, you know, you're not going to get a fixed blade necessarily. And then something right. with, yeah. with a cool mechanism. That feels right. good, and and yep. the blade that has. So we ended up at a booth that, I mean, who knows where he gets his stuff? I think he sends it away, and I, I don't know yeah. much about the business. Yeah, he was more company. of like a rep for Beyond Knives. He was right, 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 He was. Right. It was one of the booths, right? So it wasn't his. He wasn't. He's not the knife maker. But so it, yeah, it's just yeah. A, a Chinese whatever. Who knows what? Yeah. I guess, but. We we both actually liked it. <laughs> we yeah, both looked at right. it and stopped and, he, and was like, and he was a really like cool dude too. too. You know, he was like super easy to talk to and like, you know, like told us a bunch of cool stuff about it. And you know, yeah, it was so. like sure, yeah. So yeah, we each got one of those, and then uh, and then I think it was a while before we ended up getting our second knives because we each got another knife at a booth. It was funny because it was this like big knife booth, but it was just like a. A couple guys who are just resellers, you know. So it was like mm-hmm. lots of different types of knives, and uh, we were both looking at the automatic knives, right? And auto, on auto knives, it's basically just like a a little thumb slide that, like, the blade shoots out and shoots back. And there were a lot of them at, <laughs> you know, one of the big things at at um, at Blade Show was Microtech, and they put out this like specific line of you know auto knives, and so they sold like hundreds and hundreds of them for I think it was like 120 bucks a piece. So they right. did crazy. But uh, but you found the little auto knife, a little a little blue one. <laughs> it was like fifteen yeah. bucks or something. Yeah, like we <laughs> had gone awesome. to multiple big one, like you know, yeah. big. And you like yeah. Once you started playing with them, you're like, man, this is hard to stop. It's so cool. <laughs> it's just fun. It's just something fun. And we, you know, I don't. They're not really legal in Maryland, so you don't see yeah. them much. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, oh, cool. So yeah. I kind of wanted one. Yeah. Just because it felt good, and the, yeah, the place really I was cool. like grabbing them, they were like sixty or seventy bucks. Right. I was like, ah, I don't know if it's that good. 
Yeah. There was one that was a bottle opener, which is awesome. <laughs> I know I almost bought that. <laughs> that was super cool. Yeah. So um, we were looking there and uh and yeah, you, you were playing around with a couple of them and then I looked over and I saw um a knife that I'd seen before, which is actually the uh CRKT um which is uh, uh Cricket River knife knives and something, knife and tool, something like that. Um, but it's a big manufacturer. There was actually a booth. They had a booth there, like the actual CRKT had a booth there. And it was their CEO, which is just this really slim, long um, blade, probably blade like three inches, and the handle's about three and a half or four inches. Um, but only not even, not even a half inch tall, maybe a half inch tall, but maybe, you know, maybe even like you know, three eighths or something. So it's kind of long and slim. Very, very like tuxedo very dressy knife and uh i took that you know i started playing with that it was super nice it was just like so smooth mm -hmm. and like had the right action and and i'd seen it before from crkt so it was like something that i'd seen i was like oh that's really nice and that was 40 bucks i ended up picking up that which is really good because then if i because if i would have gotten it from the crkt booth it was 50 dollars. <laughs> so i was like sweet <laughs> but yeah that was really nice i was super happy with that one and just like walked around playing with that for a while uh, I did, um, so <laughs> a little funny story on the way, as we were heading home, I kept like, I, w I had both of the knives on my left pocket and I kept pulling off my pocket and I would play with them while we were driving, you know, just flip it open, flip it close, flip it open, flip it close, just keep on playing with it. And I would sit, I'd sat it on my lap while we were driving. So I had the two knives just sitting on my lap and at least three times on our way home when we stopped to get gas or get snacks or whatever, I'd get out of the car and both knives would fall off my lap onto the ground <laughs> out of the car. And, uh, and I kept looking at them. I was like, Oh, I kept being like, Oh no, what am I doing? And they, they were fine. And then I got home and was at the, you know, at our friend's house eating a burger and I was showing Nicole the two knives and she like instantly fell in love with the little beyond knife with the Jade green mm. handle, Jade G10 handle. And uh, she's like, what's this little chip? And there was like, not a chip, but a little scuff mark on one end of it where it had like hit the ground. So it was like lighter. I was like, oh man, that's where it fell out of my lap. But she, character. she, like, she like played with it for a while and then just like went and she put it right in her own pocket, and like clipped it right onto it. She was like, Son of a this one's mine. I was like, you can use that knife. <laughs> I was like, it's still mine. You're like, I didn't get you anything. Right, exactly. These all are right? all for that's me. That's how it is. If you want to drive 12 hours, you can get your own knife. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy a cheap knife. Yeah. But I, yeah, she did like that one. And I was like, you know, neither of these knives I'm going to wear often. Like I wear my skeletal because it's like, it does all the stuff I want it to do all the time, but they're both ones that'll like live in my drawer and I'll use them for different occasions and stuff. So I, I picked up a uh, charcuterie knife for my uh, wife. Yeah. Yeah. So it was probably just another yeah Chinese someone bought cause they were, they were, five dollars right yeah as cheap as it gets but it it had like although a they cool, could have yeah, it had a cool they could have made i mean the blades were exactly the same so maybe they bought yeah 30, just 30 charcuterie right, knives yeah. right super and shiny or something yeah and then put little round like the handle's simple but it it looked nice like it was yeah. multi-layered different colored like wood stained right yeah and uh yeah caitlin liked it she was oh. nice she was like someone made this i was like well Yes and no. Yes. <laughs> the blade, like they had, a, they had a million of them in a box. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, but like you know, it. like, like you know, if you, uh, right? Yeah. I guess the blades did. I guess they did look like they were just like manufactured. Right. Oh, yeah. But a charcuterie knife is. It's not. Doesn't have to be like 
beveled or anything. No, right? it's cutting the cheese it's and just poking a, It's things. just a thin blade with the little forks on the end. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so. It had a slightly serrated kind of wavy, you know, like blade. Uh, okay. And then it's got right, the pokers yeah. on the one side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was cool. That's fine. That's she she yeah. dug it. Nice. That's awesome. Um, and then last so, thing I got, we were walking out yep. through all the big booths and... Uh, uh-huh. The SOG, S-O-G knives or whatever. Yep. They had a real big booth. Yeah, they were there with, um, who else were they with? They were they were with uh, uh, Cold Steel. Or it was like at the Cold Steel booth. There was a lot of Cold Steel stuff, but then they also had some SOG stuff as well. Yeah. And, and they, they, have, they had a cool, like, um, you know, spring-assisted. Yeah, actually, like knife. assisted, yeah. So that, that's that. Yeah. That's that one. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, just one of the knives, you know, it felt good in my hand, and it, I kind of liked that one without knowing the price of it, which was nice because yeah. it was the cheapest one there. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause it had like a cool, like a, a, a like an orange liner along with the black handles. Yeah, yeah. And it just was, yeah, felt really good. Like it was a good weight and good size. Like it feels good in your hand without. Yeah. Like, it's like not too small, not too big. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like thirty bucks because the other one, like the next cheapest one, was probably fifty bucks. Right, and then it went up to like hundred, you know, two hundred. On, yeah. It was like a little, a little like strip of maybe what ten knives or so, all magnetized yeah, to the, yeah. like a strip that we were talking yeah. to the guy about, and you were like, "Well, how about that one?" You're like, "Oh, thirty bucks." You're like, "Big deal." Mm-hmm. You're like, "You're like, oh, it's only thirty Nice. You're like, "I like this one." <laughs> we're done. Yeah, yeah, it was great, and it's funny. So it's like you know, you're like, "Do you have like each time we were playing with the knives, and like it, when you find one that you want, you always ask for." whatever is the the model they have that's still in the box, right? Because yeah, everyone's already played with the, like, played for a while with that one that's out on display. And so you asked for that, and he's like, yeah, I have it in the packaging, right? So he brought it. Of course, it was, like, in, you know, shrink plastic packaging and stuff. Right, right. And you were, like, open it up with the other knife, you know? And then you, like, yeah. you just pulled it out. You're like, do I need any of this stuff? And you, like, look real quickly at it. You're like, anything, that, any information I need? You're like, nope, <laughs> right in the trash. You're like, got the knife. That's what I needed. Right. <laughs> that was great. Which is funny, too, because then earlier when we were at that booth and I had gotten the um, the CRKT CEO knife, I was like, do you have another one like still in the box? And he was like, I think so. And he pulls them out. Or actually, I'd asked because there was a smaller one. It's called like the CEO Nano or whatever. And it was um, it was like a, a steel or titanium handle that was kind of a cool gray. And I really liked that one. And so I was asking if they had it in the full size, which they didn't. Um so I was like, okay, can I, you know, can I get the one in the box? And he was like, yeah, I can, I can give it to you. And he asked his his boss or whatever, who, the guy who was running the booth. Mm-hmm. He was like, I can give it to you, but I, you know, we keep the boxes. Okay, <laughs> all right, like, whatever, all right. <laughs> that's fine. fine. I don't care. I don't really want. I want the knife anyway. I just wanted the one that came out of the box, like fresh. So <laughs> right. it's just funny. Like well, I don't know why. They it's a weird thing that you kind of want to keep the. You kind of want to have the box now. Yeah. Right. But yeah, you're it's, probably you're gonna throw yeah. it away. Right. Unless you're some like collector guy, you want to. Yeah, exactly. Money. Right. Yeah. But so yeah. So the last, lastly, I mean, I also got some other stuff. I got some knife makers tongs, which I've been looking for, and I got some uh, some bog oak, which is really cool from from like 3500 BC, so like 5,000 year old bog oak, which is yeah. awesome. Um. And uh, yeah, so the other thing that I got, so we were walking by, we were kind of in the big booth area. This is in the last hour. And we like kind of saw all this cool stuff and uh, we we're walking by this sword booth. So they had a bunch of swords and they were all like sheathed in somewhere out. And there were, there were probably four or five people standing in the booth. So it was kind of busy and I almost walked by. So you were, you were like ahead of me and we walked forward. I was like, hold on one second, hold on one second. 
I was like, I just want to like, I want to hold one of the swords that's similar to the style that I just made the wooden sword based off of, right? The kind of right. the long, like kind of a typical knight's long sword with a cross guard and pommel and, you know, hand and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was like, well, I, I want to, I want to hold one. So like, just give me a second. So I, I waited for like a second and he was like, yeah, you want something? I was like, yeah, can I just, can I hold one of those swords? And I was like, I pointed out to the one. I was like, can I hold the blue one? He's like, sure. So he handed it down to me and I, I pull it out, like shrink, pull it out of the sheath. And it's like, it's not light, but it's really well balanced, right? It was lighter, lighter than I expected, but also really well balanced, right? And that was the one thing I really wanted to feel was because obviously the wooden swords aren't like, there's no weight in the pommel. It's all just like the shape of the, of whatever the wood blade. So, so they're all they're They're more, uh, blade heavy. So you don't get that like counterbalance that really like makes that's the reason why you have a pommel is to have that counterweight behind your hand to help right. balance the sword so you can move around easier. Right. And it was really nice, really well balanced, lighter than I thought it would be. So I'm holding it and like, you know, looking at it and just kind of looking at the blade and stuff and, and looking at the guard and just kind of enjoying holding it. And so I start talking to the guy and you and you come up and we're talking and and uh, start talking about like, you know making swords and i told him about our channel how i just made the wooden sword in the same shape and wanted to compare them and so we started talking about like you know youtube and then we're talking a little bit about social media and and how you know kind of the typical knife conversation goes where people you know knife people who have you know shown on different platforms on different social media different social media platforms shut down knife making you can't say blade you can't say knife you can't say weapon you know like like they're trying to cut that out so he was he had had some problems with that and kind of gotten almost like jaded on social media. So he didn't do much anymore as older, older guy. What do you think? Probably in his sixties or something named Sonny. Is he that he was, old? He thinks maybe, I don't know. I would say, I would say probably sixties. Maybe about your 60s. age. He's, no, <laughs> <laughs> he had two grown adult children with him. Yeah. Old guy, your age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So he was like, we were just talking about that and we we're talking about YouTube and stuff and, and then after talking for a little bit and we, you know, talked to his daughter and talked to his, um, his son and he was saying how he had all like the heat treating equipment and stuff and, and talking about how he grinds the bevels and all. And, um, we were there for maybe five minutes or so, maybe a little bit longer. And then I noticed he had, um, leaning up, up against a table on the side of his booth were like four or five different, um, like sword blanks, right? So blade and tang cut out of a piece of flat steel but not beveled or anything yet. And and, and the uh, sign above it said... Yeah, 50 bucks. Yeah. Well, but it also said, make your own sword. Did it? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just assumed that is what it meant to be, right? Yeah, I, got, I got footage. All this stuff we're talking about, I did get footage of. Oh, nice. Dustin right talking on. to Lynn, Dustin talking to everybody, talking and then the, yeah, right. and then the this booth. And Dustin, yeah. I don't know if I got you holding the sword, but I got... The sign saying like, "Hey, make your own sword for fifty bucks." Ah, nice, yeah, 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 yeah. So right, so we talked for a while, and then um, you know, I told him how I'd just recently been looking for sword blanks and stuff, and thinking about making a sword, and trying to decide if you know if I wanted to buy a piece of steel and then cut it out, or if I wanted to get a sword blank, just because like with shipping and the steel costs, like it almost oh, yeah. is worth it just to have it done for you. Mm-hmm. And there it is, like at Blade Show for fifty bucks, which is probably less than or about comparable to the price that I would pay for that length of steel 
in like a sword making steel. Right. Plus I would have had to pay shipping, which would have been like 20 bucks, right? Or whatever, 30 bucks. Like it's a lot of money for a 60 inch long piece of steel that weighs, mm. you know, four pounds or something or five pounds. Um, so it was like a perfect opportunity. It was great. You know, so I'm looking at them and kind of looking at different, like asking about lengths and things. And cause my, in my mind, I'm like, Oh, it'd be cool to like make a sword that is a really similar sword to the design I just made, you know, the, the wooden sword I just made. Um, so we're talking for a little while longer. And then uh, I mentioned about getting it and mentioned about making it. And, you know, he's like, yeah, you could, you know, send it back to me and I'll do the heat treat for you and blah, 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 so on and so forth. And then I kind of back and forth and he's like, all right, how about this? How about I give you the sword blank and then you do the grinding. And we had already talked about kind of the style and that it's like the, the specific style, the type 15 would have had a diamond grind and not like not a fullard grind, you know? Mm -hmm. So he kind of showed mm -hmm. me the blade that it would have been similar to and all. He's like, you go ahead. I'll give you the blade blank. You do the grind. You send it back to me. You know, I'll do your heat treat. I'll send it back to you. And then if you want any of the other, like, you know, the hardware or whatever, the furniture that they call it, you know, if you want that stuff, I can, we can do it for you or whatever. You can do that. And then, you know, you just shout us out on your video and that'll be like a good trade off. And I was like, you and I were like, perfect. We love it. You know, like, that's great. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's the type of connections that I think, um, are one of the extra benefits of, of blade show, right? It's like those different, you know, of course there's like that, you know, there's the inspiration, but there's also like conversations and like, how can we, how can I help you? How can you help me? Like we're all there to, in it together. Like, so yeah. this is like a guy who's been doing this for a really long time, you know, has like tons of skill. He's got all the equipment. He's like, he doesn't like need the extra help. And, and we don't need him to give us the $50 blade, you know, like, but it's just like, okay, we can, you know, we're both just makers. We're both normal people. Like let's do something together where we can both benefit from this, you know? Yeah. And it gives us a cooler angle for a video to make, you know, rather than just like making another sword. It's like, you know, we get to make a sword and hopefully maybe go down to his shop and see him do the heat treat. And he's got like big ovens and he's got salt, you know, baths and stuff for, for tempering and all sorts of cool stuff. And, and he also has some really cool connections within the community within like, you know, back to like Matt Stagmer and Chris Cash and all these people that we know. So it makes it a really small world, which is really cool. So, uh, it was a great, a really cool, um, really cool connection made and like really cool, like opportunity. And now I have this awesome sword blank that I'm really excited about making. <laughs> and, uh, so like later that day we finish up cause that's kind of close to the end. And that's right. We went to, uh, from his booth, we ran around the corner to the, uh, the Alta clip booth, which is kind of a, um, a, a belt clip manufacturer that does clips for uh, like um, Kydex sheaths and things. They can go mm -hmm. on leather as well, but mm -hmm. it's kind of a mm -hmm. screw on. And uh, I go and I'm like, I want to stop because like, oh, it's all to clip. I've just used a couple of them recently to make, you know, the sheaths for knives that I made for my wife and for our friend Liz. And, uh, and we're I'm like looking at this stuff and he's like, Hey, you want to trade that sword blank for, uh, for some, for all to clip, whatever, you know, he was like, you could tell it's funny. Cause it was like, he approached me about something I had rather than being like, you know, just coming up to like do business. You know, it was like, you could tell he's a knife guy. I was like, ah, so it was really funny. Like, right. But it's like, like right I away, like it's that like, sword no, but you can get one for dirt <laughs> yeah, cheap. Like, go go around it. the corner right there. They're 50 bucks. He's like, no, wait, really? Like, yeah. It was just, it told, and then I was like, you know, told him about Valiant Armory and stuff. And he started, and he gave me a really good tip on the, uh, on Alta Clip. Like if you have an Alta Clip, um, both of the ones that I have that I used for sheaths are they're both really tight, like which is good because you don't want them to be 
you know, loose, but they're, they're pretty tight and it would be fine for me, but for my wife and for like, and my friend Liz, you know, both women, like that's, it's pretty tricky. It's hard to get those open to clip on. So his suggestion, cause I was like, what do you think about this? You know? And, uh, cause I was like, I thought about maybe taking a Dremel to the little, the, the little nubs that are, you know, the, the, the tension point that holds it tight. And he was like, oh, you could do that. He was like, I would suggest doing like a little bit of file or an emery board or something just to take a tiny bit off. He's like, but what you should do is just put a little bit of chapstick on those two oh, points, yes, what a, touch points. What a weird thing. I know. I was like, that's perfect. I was like, thank you so much. He's like, yeah, that'll work great. It'll, it'll stay there. Like the chapstick stays in the spot, but it, it just makes it a little bit easier to open and close. I was like, that's perfect. So <laughs> I told Nicole, she was like all about it. She said, like, yes, that's great. <laughs> what, what kind yeah. does vanilla work? Can I do? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Cherry chapstick only. Yeah. So that was cool. So like, so I'm, and I'm carrying that around and then for the rest of the time and then, at this point, we've already been to Blade all day, and you see people carrying, like, all any number of weapons. Like, people are carrying full swords, people are carrying knives, like, tons of people. Everyone's got bladed, you know, gear on them. And uh, so we go back to the hotel, um, and I'm standing there, and we're in the lobby uh, of the – or in the, in the elevator lobby. I stand there. There's, like, five or six people standing around, you and I, and, and I'm, like, holding this, you know – five foot long sword blank <laughs> right. or like three foot blade and a 10, you know, a, a, like a 12 inch tang. I'm holding it and I'm looking around and there's like two women and three or four men. And, and I was like, you know, if this was, uh, I was like, I would feel awkward about holding a sword blade here in the group of people waiting for an elevator, <laughs> but we are blade. They're all like, they're all like, Oh yeah, no, that's completely normal. It's no big deal. Like everyone's just <laughs> expecting those people carrying around like swords and knives and everything. It's like, Oh yeah. No, this is just normal. This is what we do here at Blade. People just carry around big implements of destruction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I appreciated, which we didn't partake of, there was a lot of, like, they were selling booze and beer and everything. Straight 9 a.m. Yeah, They had, like, (laughs) the whiskey stands open. I was like, (laughs) dang. And then towards the end of Saturday night, when they were packing up, people had all like bottles on their on their tables mm-hmm. it's like nice <laughs> yeah it's cool of, even like you said we didn't partake because we, we, we were just so so busy that it just yeah it wasn't it was just like we got yeah. stuff to do but yeah man, right we're like, just, all right cool just right going. on yeah they're, all they're that time i still and... yeah still never got around to all the booths but you know yeah it's just yeah. like gotta go, gotta go. <laughs> come on come on come on <laughs> um but yeah, then you know, so we go back, we we take our stuff back, and uh, and Brian House sends out a, a message to a whole bunch of people saying like, "Hey, I'm gonna buy barbecue for these like 25 or 30 people. If you if you're interested, and you're gonna be there. Give me a thumbs up, and I'll make sure you know I get enough for everybody." Sure enough, Brian House, the man, he bought dinner for everybody that night. Again, super smart move, you know, like just giving back to the community and then pe- that makes you know that makes an effect on people and people remember that stuff it's awesome you know yeah yeah and that was great so then we had like you know then that was back in the pit so we had like this area where there was all this food and all these people but then we could like go grab you know we brought beers the second night lesson learned and uh, <laughs> you know we could go around talk to other people or come back over there you know like sit down it was super nice to have that kind of like a home base at the pit you know, good food and, you know, quality people. We talked a long time to like, um, Brent from, uh, from bald man, knife and tool and Brian Cohn and, uh, and Brigham Kendall, 
you know, so it was like, we just got to spend some time with like good people. Um, and just a lot of cool conversations and stuff. And I chatted for a while with, uh, with, um, Dexter, Dexter Housework. <laughs> and, uh, so at one point we're all sitting there oh, talking and there's like us and, uh, Nate Walpole. He is the one, he's the guy who worked on, uh, Halo and oh, uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Sarah's there and Brian's there and you know like we're all kind of sitting around talking and, and Brian Cohn and and uh Dexter and um I think it's is it I can't remember Brigham's son's name it's like it's like Brighton or something you know it's like very similar to his name <laughs> um and uh and they get up to walk away and and Dexter like leans over and he's like yeah I'll just interrupt real quick before I walk away he's like I just want to say this he's like your beard is so awesome. <laughs> it's great. It's like, and then we're like sitting in a group of like 10 guys. Everybody, no. everybody has beards Jeez, except for Brian house. Son of a bitch. <laughs> He's like, I just been staring at it for like the last five minutes. I had I'm to like, tell you. I'm right like, here. <laughs> I'm right next to you. Yeah, exactly. Like, your awesome. beard's cool too. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't. Yeah. Even try. Yeah. Get out of here. Don't try. You old try get out of here, kid. <laughs> when you can grow a beard come back <laughs> no but i was like you know i was like all right that's good you know i had i had just like trimmed it and shaved <laughs> well good. so i had put some effort into yeah, it yeah <laughs> yeah that was so funny it was just like a table full of bearded dudes <laughs> oh yeah i mean it's it's a convention full of bearded dudes yeah exactly jeans black shirts and beards yeah <laughs> a lot of dark yeah, yeah I, I wore a gray shirt the first day, man. I stood yeah. out. That's the that's the key. You stand out. Don't wear black. Yeah, wear a, wear a colored shirt. I yeah, I was wearing a blue shirt that first night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like who's the weirdo? They're like, who, yeah, who's on? the new guys? That's not the uniform, pal. Yeah, black shirts. <laughs> um, that was awesome. But yeah, yeah, good good stuff all around. Um, yeah. I don't. Is there something you would have done different? Um, I don't, I don't think so because I think, although I didn't get to see everything, like, um, I think we, we spread out what we did see well, you know, so we kind of got to each room and got to different people and saw people. There were a few people there that I didn't know were going to be there that I would have liked to stop and say hi to like Walter Sorrels. That would have been cool. Like it would have been cool to talk a little bit more with like Jason Knight or Neil Kamimura, some of these like kind of bigger name guys who just yeah. have been in the business a little longer and yeah. are a little bit more flashy. But like in that situation, they're, they're so inundated by like so many people because of their celebrity that I, it almost feels like cliche to talk to them, you know, like I'm like, <laughs> right. like, it's like, Hey, the guy just, on TV, like, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what can you say? Yeah. Right. And there were like, there were all the different forge and fire guys there and, you know, Ben Abbott and whatever. And I was like, you know, and they're like, it will cut. Like that guy was there, you know, like was he? all these people. It yeah. Will kill. It will kill. Yeah. Um, you know, there were, so there were all sorts of different cool people there, but I said, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like it's, it's almost not sincere when you're like, stop and talk to someone like that in that moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want to talk to them like when, when it's a little bit more personal, you know, like maybe in the pit, like stop and talk, you know, because like, then they're not, there's, they're still on, you know, but they're not like on, like, you know, turned on like a, like I'm in, I'm in work mode now. You know what well, I mean? When there's like, like so many people like, Oh, like I like the- you because you're famous from TV, <laughs> but not because like, I think you're a cool person. I've heard you talk on a podcast and right. you know, like, 
Like, so, l- like the quote says, your love for each other should be greater than your need for each other. Yeah, right. So your yep. your love for the person is why you want to talk to them. Exactly. Like right. you're not necessarily inspired by the TV people, even though you like them. Yeah. Like it would be and cool so to talk like, to them because I really like their stuff, but I but I feel but like the people yeah. who you love and are really inspired by you talk to. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You didn't think you'd get anything from them other than, you know. No, yeah, it was really just to be like, hey, I really love your work, and you've inspired right. me, and thank mm-hmm. you. You know, like, mm-hmm. and there were some really cool people there that I also would have been fun to talk to because I think they're cool people, but, like, you know, it was almost, like I said, just a little too cliche. Like, when there's, like, tons of people waiting to just say, hey, you're so cool. You're like, I love your work. You're on Forge and Fire. Like, eh, yeah, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> One of the first times that, uh, that I was, like, um, I was actually on a Jason night for a while was doing what he would call Saturday, Saturday night live. So then like Saturday evenings, he would do a live stream and, you know, which is clever. Um, (laughs) and I was watching like for, you know, for a while, maybe a couple months, he was doing them every, every Saturday night, which was really awesome because it was just like super cool. He'd be in a shop and he'd be like making a knife life live and like talking. And, and so I would hop on and I would chat with the people in the chat room and, and that was like one of one of the times, like, oh, art of craftsmanship, like, so cool to see you here. You know, I really like your channel. Da, 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 da. I've learned a lot from you. And I was like, ooh, there's a little celebrity here. That's kind of cool. Oh, you know, in like, the chat. yeah, people in the chat recognize recognize me. I'm a chat like, celebrity. Uh, yeah, chat, <laughs> chat celebrity. He might not know me, but the the peons do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The people who are here watching. I'm a man of know. the people. Okay, that's what I really care about. <laughs> Oh man, we we met. Ah uh, oh, shoot, was this Josh Weston? I can't remember his name, but he was uh, he was actually watching the live stream the night before the the day two day or two before we drove down to Blade Show, and we saw him there, which was cool. And he was picking up a uh, Black Raven from Roy from oh, yeah. Vintage Axe Work, yeah, so yeah. it was cool to see him and meet him and say hey, someone who had just like been watching the live stream. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was super fun and uh, just really awesome time. Really great people. Like, no negativity. You know, same thing with, like, Maker Camp. It was just, like, yeah. all positivity, like, the whole time. It was great. It was really nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And for me, it's not. I can't talk shop with people in that way. But so many people are connected to making videos and stuff i can always right. like connect to people that way yeah right exactly yeah and i mean that's um, you know that's there that's a big part of our the community that we're part of you know it's like the yeah, YouTube yeah. content so or the there's content always creators in general yeah yeah and um, you know it's also just like people just like to talk about their lives you know and you just like to know you get to know people and stuff so yeah yeah i mean yeah, i do awesome. i mean i like listening to people's stories Right. So at least yeah. that, as, long, as long as they're interesting, some people bore the shit out of me. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, this guy sucks. Like he has nothing. He's not giving back anything. He's not, you know, right. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this guy's weird. He keeps like, he's not talking to me. He's talking at me, you know, that's the yeah, worst. Yeah. But when there's some like back yeah. and forth and he starts yeah. telling me, then, then I'm into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's that's fun. It was cool, and just like good conversations, and uh, lots of positivity, and lots of just like genuine, you know, people. Um, it was great, super awesome. Now, would we do it next year? I definitely want to go back next year. All right. 
You Whether or not you back. come with me, I want to go back. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely want to go back. I think like um, if if not just to be able to like see more people, you know, Re- like yeah, make more connections. Yeah, make more connections and just meet more people that like you know that I like their work and that they've like done stuff over the years. Like you know, I like I love like Trollski's work, but I didn't. I I did see him at one point as we were leaving. He was outside. And I was like, oh, there's Trollski. The troll man. <laughs> the trolley. Um, there were also like, um, there was the knife chopper competition which was happening at play, which I didn't see. I mean, it was happening outside, but you know, where they do this whole like course of, you got to like, you know, you make your chopper knife and then you chop through a two by four and then you cut through rope and then you got to cut through oh, like cool. some paper stuff. Yeah, and they do this like yeah. course and you got to do it as fast as possible. So they had that competition, which would have been cool to see. Um, yeah. You know, so there's, there's a, a bunch of different cool stuff that I think that we didn't get to like do. And, you know, it'd be nice to, um, you know, maybe get like, Maybe drive down Thursday night or something, you know, just drive overnight and be down, be there early in the morning to be able Maybe, to do like I a Friday Maybe, I feel, I feel like I, I got two good nights in me. Yeah. More than that, I start to slip. Well, that would be, you know, we'd have all day Friday and Friday night, all day Saturday, Saturday night. No, but you have Thursday night. Well, no, no, I mean like leave Thursday after work. Oh, gosh. Drive, drive all night. I don't know about that. <laughs> That's brutal. You would fall asleep. Well, you know, not if I had someone driving with me. No, I'd fall <laughs> <Maybe>. asleep. <laughs> I'd fall asleep. Yeah, it'd be rough. That would be tough. Uh, maybe, we wouldn't make. Yeah. I think. I think Friday and Saturday is perfect. Yeah. Like you don't have it to was... be there all day Friday, and you come Friday night. People are happy to see you. They haven't. You know, they've seen most people, and then you come in. Yeah. Hey, they're here. Cool. Yeah, or maybe maybe we do like. Um, Maybe it's maybe it's right. Maybe we do the same thing, but then it's like you stay a little bit longer on Sunday or something. Or I just feel like I I just need a little bit more time to see more things. You maybe. know, like the one day wasn't long enough for me to see all mm-hmm. what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what like that's why I'd want to be there longer. You're the you one know? who wanted to get up at five a.m. on Sunday, or whatever it was. Well, because I had to work the next day. You're right. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to get back. Yeah. Because I didn't want to get back really late, but I feel like now, like I, I didn't know, but now it's like now I know that I, you know, need more time there. So it's either go down earlier or come back later. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I kind of like, I think that for the community's sake, what we did was perfect, right? You get down there, you know, you go to dinner and go to the pit Friday night. You stay in Blade all day on Saturday, and then you have the pit Saturday night, and then you leave Sunday morning. Right, I think a lot of people left early Sunday morning, mm-hmm. um, but in the the knife maker side of me wanted more time at the convention. Yeah, I I didn't get to see everything, and I wanted to see everything. You know, yeah. so like I missed a ton of stuff that I thought would that I know would have been cool to see. So that's like that's why I want to be there longer because the knife knife maker side of me, you know, maybe save up some more money. And get some more stuff and, you know, like more handle material and maybe some more blade steel and maybe get some Damascus or something, you know, like. Well, then you do have to stay on Sunday because that's seems to be one of the deals. Right. Are. Yeah. Right, right, right. Maybe Final sale like, now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's. Um, like you, I don't think you're getting any good deals on Friday. 
Right. I wonder if it's like, I don't know. Like, you know? it's just the, no, I agree. And I'm just thinking like, just economically getting down and back, you know, it's like, so we spent, it was like 200 bucks both ways. Right. So it was, it was two tanks of gas or no, a hundred bucks. So, you know, it was about 50 bucks to fill up and we filled up twice on both ways. Right. So a hundred bucks down, hundred bucks back. So that's 50 bucks a piece. Like we couldn't fly that cheap. You know, if we did fly, we would have had to get a, ho- you know, rent a car. It was a hundred, it was a like, hundred bucks each for gas. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so that, although it was a long time to drive, you know, we had, the schedule was right for it. You know, it was okay. Um, so that's, that's the only, that's the only bad thing is like getting there and getting back. Like maybe I'll take off like a Friday and Monday next year. <laughs> then I don't have to worry about going to work on Monday morning and I can get back late Sunday night or whatever. Right. But I don't know. But either way, I definitely want to go back next year. I think it's super cool. You know, like, unfortunately, with my job as a teacher that this week, like, is is basically finals week, right? So I have to come back and I have to do final exams. So it's not like I can just not, like, I can't take extra time off, you know, take like two or three or four days off afterward and do something else. Like, like all the dudes that went down to Brian's place and like helped out there and stuff. And, you know, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think I would go again and maybe your enthusiasm could push me like mine pushed yours. So are you glad I was enthused to go? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm definitely glad we went and, uh, yeah, I definitely want to go again and, you know, maybe even like a annual thing like maker camp. Yeah. I, I mean, the, I mean, who yeah. knows uh, with yeah. the kiddo coming in October, right. I might be off of Maker Camp for a few years, depending on when we decide to do, like, first... I mean, the first birthday party is a big thing, too. So, who knows? <laughs> yeah. No. What are you going to do? That's all right. I mean, you know, I'm 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 out of that boat, so I'll go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can do <laughs> everything. <your> thing. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, uh... What do you got? Any recommendations? I think we we've we've done as much uh, blade so as we could do. We drove back. It took us eleven hours, one hour or less to get back. Listen to a bunch <laughs> of podcasts, bunch of meat eater, bunch yeah. of uh, bear grease podcasts with yeah. Dustin. Finally, listened to bear grease. How did you great. like it? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, we listened to the Tecumseh series, which is oh, really good. So good, right? His it just yeah. his uh, I guess his writing and his speech is nice. Yeah, and and a what bit you of a never southern draw. Yeah, you never like kind of explain the podcast so in my mind a podcast is like what we do right it's like one thing all the way through but no but I don't, there's all I, types i know in my mind a podcast <laughs> is like what we do because that's what i listen to i listen to make i i rarely ever listen Bunch to of a bullshitting produced, no just a, a more highly pro- yes yes uh, i don't i rarely listen to a more highly produced podcast i just don't none of the ah, ones i listen yeah. to are like that so you, it's not what you I was listen expecting. to npr you you know what that stuff is yeah, but that's I don't listen to podcasts like that though. Okay, so I wasn't expecting it to be like that, but it was really awesome, right? Oh, he was yeah. like him. He would like he had pre-recorded points and he had different interviews and like so it was like really well produced to oh, be yeah. a very like educational story that he's following mm. along and telling, and it was awesome. It was great, yeah. but like you had never explained it that way. Yeah. Um, you talked about how much you like the Bear Grease podcast. And he talks about all these stories and these different people. But I, in my mind, it was just him going through it, like the way I'm used to other podcasts. Right. So so. I, I didn't sell well enough. No, well, I don't think it's that. I just think 
You're just not used um, to that much yeah, production like, for it, a podcast. Exactly, right. In your mind, you were like, it's this awesome podcast. In your mind, you have it in your head. But in my mind, I just that's not the type of podcast I listen to. Mm. So I just didn't – I didn't – see it the same way you did not that you didn't explain it well enough it was just it it, it was never any question between you or me like that you would had to explain it right so <laughs> so then when it was like oh i was like oh okay yeah this is like it's really good it's really well produced he's really like he's interviewing all these people who really know a ton about tecumseh and the history of whatever he's doing you know like he really puts a lot of yeah. time and effort into yeah. putting like it's like a movie like, without the movie you know what i mean yeah like, yeah yeah, it's, it's like a documentary, a, a podcast documentary. It's, it's really a deep awesome. dive into the life of, you know. It's, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. We're going deep. I really think you're not going to want to miss this one. <laughs> you're definitely not going to want to miss this one. Yeah, no, it was great. It was, uh, it was really fun. But those are good stuff. So that, that's not my recommendation, but we did listen to a lot of that. My we recommendation uh. is a little uh, YouTuber named Jimmy Deresta. I uh, just recently watched my favorite video of his that I've ever watched. And I haven't watched that many. I've probably watched 10 or 20 of his videos. Um, Dang. Okay. I know. I know. <laughs> just never did. I mean, no, that's, I know, that's okay. That's I know good. him and I know of him and I know his Instagram and yeah. I know his videos, but I just haven't sat down and watched a bunch of them right. in full. Yeah. But the... um. His Which John Deere restoration one? <laughs> okay, yeah. That's I the one you like? I, I commented on it for us, right, for the all-dressmanship. Right. Awesome. Okay. Um, it was great. <laughs> the John Deere bulldozer. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I, I just love, I don't know, it's it's all of it. It's digging the thing out of the like the place. Yep. Getting yep. it to start. Like, that's, that's what I commented. Like, is there anything yeah. better than, like, this old engine coming back to life after you yeah, work on yeah. it? That's and, like, great. just the way, the Jimmy way of, like, getting it to look good, but just getting it done. Yeah. Like just right. just a can of spray paint. Yeah. He's not taping shit off. He's not doing it. He's just like, <laughs> oh, here's something here. <laughs> Replace this. I mean, he does yep. what needs to be done gets done. Yeah. And that's the exactly. important part. The stuff that needs to get replaced, the things that need to be fixed, the things that really yep. need to be sharp are, but... All the rest of the stuff, he just gets it done. Yeah, yeah. That's like I forget who I was, uh, who who was talking about, but he was like cutting something on a bandsaw, and he was like pushing it super hard. He was like, he, you could tell that his mindset was like, I'm gonna work this tool as hard and fast as it can because in his <laughs> mind, he's like wants to get it done. You know, he's ADD, right? It's like boom, 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 boom. Like push, push on the push on the piece of wood as hard as you can against the bandsaw blade until it cuts through. You know, it's like his he, he's not delicate. You know, <laughs> he's like he's no, a man yeah. who gets but he's so his ingenuity, the way his brain thinks is so cool. Um I don't know how this came up in my mind, but I was in the bathroom <laughs> at oh, work boy. the other day. And I, as I was walking into the bathroom, it was through the main office and there we have some conference rooms in there. And there was a group of students in one of the rooms with some people and they had this like wooden box with some cool box joints and stuff. And I was like thinking about that. And, um, I saw one of the guys like look at me as I walked by and he started walking toward the door. And so I was like, in my mind, I kind of ran this situation where it was like, you know, going to come and ask me about some type of joint or the kids would be like, Oh, Mr. Harrow would know about that joint or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then in my mind, I started going through like, okay. What are all the ways that if someone said, okay, how do I put these two pieces of wood together? 
you know, like, and then I was like, in my mind, I, I could come up with 10 different ways. You know, you have like, you have a butt joint and you have it glued with nails and then you have a butt joint that might have some pegs and then you might maybe have some screws and then maybe it's like a lap joint. Maybe you have finger joints. Maybe it's dovetail joints. You know, it's like, or maybe it's yeah. a pocket hole or maybe you put a, a bracket on the inside. Like all these ways that I, my mind was like automatically thought of solutions. And I think that Jimmy has that, but his mind is like, it's like a vast solution empire you know and he's just like he can just he can like piece all these like he can look at something and he can come up with like a crazy solution to do this in his mind he just sees it working and then his mind's working so fast it's like boom 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 but yeah it's not like um i wouldn't call him like i would say like this like opposed to what we watch in like the japanese documentaries where someone like does this <laughs> one thing and they do it like so well and they take right. their time and it's all about the like artistry and the craft and the doing of the thing like I think to Jimmy, it's about like, it's about the end product working the way he wanted to work, right, you know, and he'll right. get there however he needs to. Like if, you know, if he can spray paint it black at the end and it does the exact same thing as if he like took the time to sand it down and primer it and then like, or to do like some type of metal chemical treatment, you know what I mean? Like he just, he knows where he can, where it'll work the same way, right? It's like. Why, why do this solution when you can do this other solution that's going to be exactly the same outcome and it'll work quicker, you know? Right. But so he's like working spring. like time and percentages. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's yeah. like, look, I got this much time to do this thing and shoot it and do this. And how much better can I make it? Right. Yeah. Like we can work on it all day. What was the, what was I watching? Oh, um, Spielberg talking about saving private Ryan and Matt Damon talking about a scene at the end. Right. Um, he does like, it's like a two quick takes mm -hmm. and Matt's like not feeling good about it or whatever. And he like walks up to him. He's like, Oh man. Um, you think we can get another one? Like, I don't know. Like if, it, and, uh, <laughs> and Steven Spielberg says like, Look, we could take all day to make the perfect take, or we can go and get another great shot. Right, yeah. That was yep. his thing. Or yeah. we can go and get another great shot. So I think that is Jimmy's maybe. It's that thing of like, yeah, I could take all day to make this perfect. Right. Or we can go make another great thing. Yeah, right, exactly. Like more yeah. content, something yep. else, another yeah. project. I got a lot of things I want to do. Yeah. And, and this is not. this is not the whole of what I'm doing. I'm doing, right. I'm doing a lot. So let's, yeah, right. let's keep moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, I, I heard someone else reference, like, um, you know, welder was like welding something together and they're like, okay, what's his mindset was like, what's the least amount of work I can do to mm. have an effective job? Because that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go above and beyond because when it's like time is money, you know, you do as much as you need to do in that situation. If this job calls for it just to be a few, like, you know, tack welds that hold it on and that'll work perfectly fine. There's no reason for me to do a full beaded weld all the way around. Right. You know, like then it's just overkill. I'm then I'm not, then I'm wasting time and not making money, you know? So it's like, you know, that's, it's a, it's a good mindset. It's like, you got to look at things in life and like, is it, is it worth my time here? to do yeah. this further am i getting something out of it if i'm not then go as far as you need to go and then move on to the next thing you know 
Yeah, am I going to take twice as long to get 10% more? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. right. Nah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's keep yeah. moving. Do just the bare minimum. That will do the job <laughs> as, as, as right, good as right. it needs to be, you know, when it's in that situation, right? It's like, if obviously, if you're doing something because you love to do it and, and the money doesn't matter, if it's a hobby, you do what you want as much as you want to do it because that's what you love to do, right? You know, because yeah. it's a hobby. But, that's the difference between, um, you know, paying the bills and do it for fun. Right. But yeah, that, that uh, I don't know, just that, that whole video was, everything worked for me. Nice. That awesome. Jimmy video. And also, yeah, how, was good. how hilarious is it that he w- uses like the same song over and over again? Yeah, is, right. <laughs> is that like a joke now? Like, it's so, and he uses it, not only does he use it in the same videos, he uses it over and over in the same one video. Yeah, right. It's insanity. like that little country banjo song you hear in the beginning a little bit in the middle and then he ends it's like what Uh, it's like uh, last night weekends where it was the same song over and over again but at least (laughs) they have variations he's got the same one just keeps hitting you i guess he's like it doesn't matter whatever good enough yeah Yeah, it works (laughs) i like this vlog he used to do a lot of vlogs and uh he would often include like um, like bucket drummers from New York City, <laughs> or like people playing like trumpets in the in the subway. You know, he would get all that footage and he would use that as the, yeah, as the soundtrack. I get cool. so worried about like did did I are these same songs in the the, the most recent video? Right, like I'm constantly yeah. trying to change up what songs we're using. Right. <laughs> Obviously, I got some favorites, but it's like a rotation of ten favorites. Yeah. And then every once in a while, I'll be, like, playing it in one video. I'm like, is this the same one? I'm like, if I have to think that hard about it, no one else is going to know this. Because I've heard these songs a million times. Right, exactly. I played them. (laughs) I recorded them. I edit them into things. And then if I'm not sure, just throw it in. It works. Like, but <laughs> I, I've had, I've gone back to like the last video and been like, all right, what are the songs in this? Okay. Let's not use those. Right. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's like, I'm going to use the same damn same song. Same every time. Over That's, yeah. Over. <laughs> I, there are a couple of channels that do that. That's like, their like, you know, signature song. I'm like, okay. I guess that's fine. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, and like I said, it, it doesn't it really take from it. I'm just kind of amused by it. It's a nice song. I like, I like the style of it. At least it's not the, bullshit youtube music stuff like the weird uh techno pop stuff that everyone does right, you know with like yeah. the weird high-pitched voices in the background like at least it's not that <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> uh all right well my uh my recommendation is actually one of the booths that we stopped and talked to at blade show which was uh red crow knives two really good dudes uh jamie uh jamie willoughby and carrie gardner they do really awesome knives, and they're just just nice guys. Um, it was their first blade show, and they did they did okay. You know, they didn't do spectacularly well selling knives. They you know were ha- really happy to meet a lot of people, and uh, I chatted with them a while. And they um, they had some knives that I could tell were really inspired by Andy Roy from Fiddleback Forge. So I was talking to them about that, and they were saying how like they absolutely love you know Roy's Andy Roy's work and. And how like they've taken a lot of stuff from other makers and they'll like they'll put out a blade that's inspired by another maker and then they'll be like this was inspired by this maker and then there's you know, we talked about that whole like how far do you take from someone else and when do you stop? You know, when you see something they do that's really cool and you know that would be really good on your own knives, like do you do it or do you not? You know, like do you do your own variation on it? And so 
it was a really cool conversation. It was a little bit different conversation. It was more of the like more on the maker side of things, um, which was cool uh, because I didn't have a lot of that conversation with people um, other than like, you know, kind of behind the scenes conversations. But during the day, you know, it wasn't much about that. So that was a, that was a cool conversation. So we chatted with them a little bit and they knew our channel. They were like, Oh yeah, we reckon, yeah, we know the art of craftsmanship. We've seen your videos. So that was kind of cool too. But, um, really good dudes and uh good makers really nice knives and they had a it was fun they had um what was it like corks that were i forget how they had it set up they had they had like uh wine wine corks that were attached to little bits of velcro that were sitting on the t- on the tables yeah. and then their, their blades could sit up on those it was like a nice little yeah. you know simple solution yeah, it looked nice really booth. good yeah they had a really nice booth and uh and they were just they were fun to talk to it was good guys so that's cool. So, so go check them out. That's uh, Red Crow Knives on Instagram at Red Crow Knives. Uh, really good knife makers and uh, good dudes. And maybe go and send them some love and congratulations on their first time at Blade Show. And they said they'll be back next year. So it'll be cool. And we'll see if the rest of us are. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, everybody. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you don't forget to. F- Follow us on Instagram, both the Art of Craftsmanship and the Art of Camera Guy. Um, we did just put our video out last week after uh, we, I guess we talked about that last week on the podcast too. The knife, the sword build video, the wooden sword. So uh, check that out and let us know what you think. And uh, you can follow both Devin and I, and head over to YouTube and subscribe there. Let us know what you think about the videos and leave comments. All that makes a difference. And um, and then if you want to support us further, you can also head to Patreon.com and support us there. Uh, patreon.com forward slash the art of craftsmanship which it was really cool to meet and hang out and talk with a bunch of our patrons or several of our patrons at uh, at blade show so yeah. it was always a blast and you know give them a hug and tell them thank you because it really makes a big difference so <laughs> thank you to those guys you know who you are i'm not gonna i'm not gonna mention names because at this <laughs> point there are people there i think that we didn't know who was who and i don't want to like yell some people out not other people out but there you was some really good guys name, there but you mentioned like 20 <laughs> names <laughs> yeah but when it comes to like people who give us money if i forget them then i'm gonna feel like a real asshole so uh. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the people are just hanging people we're hanging out with you know like if we forget them it's no big deal like whatever i forgot your name i forgot to say we hung out with you there were like a hundred thousand people we forgot to say who we hung out with so. <laughs> but yeah cool all right all right anything else that's it We're good. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.